Hey guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome ladies and gentlemen of podcast land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner. I'm here with my co-host, Chris Lewis. And this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook, coming to you live from the Mariner. You know what's Sales funny, man? Studio. What's funny? While the, while the intro was going, like, there was 11 people. And as soon as the intro stopped, like, five people dropped off. Hmm. They don't like the, they don't like the intro? They, just, they were just here for the... For the uh, they just the appetizers. Here for tops drop. That's it. They just wanted <laughs> yeah. to listen to Fat Pat, and they were all hey. good. All right. So I understand what Austin Matthews is saying. He dropped a message just before we started. Said hot mic, and I thought he meant one of our mics was actually oh God, I hope hot. Not. Um, I hope not. and and let me tell you something, guys. Um, I'm gonna speak real quick on that whole microphone thing. Um, Drew went off and spent dropped like. His whole a life G. savings. I dropped a on, G. Look, this dude, the only time he ever drops $1,000 on anything is when the government gives it to him first. That's not exactly <laughs> true. That's not exactly true. And, and, then, and then he spends, what, all uh, day yesterday trying to get everything squared away. It's, it's drop on Drew time right now. So uh, well, he spent well, you know, all Chris, day yesterday. Go you, ahead. You're dumping on me. And, you know, <laughs> talking bad about me. And since I got this new mixer, I can do things like this whenever I feel sad. There, yeah, there's a thousand bucks right there. That, yeah, yeah, that so. was worth it right there. thousand bucks. <laughs> Just for the... Old so, dude even goes goes live yesterday, does a whole live just to figure out his audio situation. And then today we're supposed to start at 8 o'clock. The reason why we're starting at 8.10 and now it's 8.13 is because this dude still can't figure out his settings. And Well, I, I like, would have been able to figure out my settings if I would have had a good friend that would have jumped on StreamYard with me instead of, uh, bro. hey, bro, sorry at 7.30 a.m. this morning. I fell asleep last night on the couch. I was in bed. Yeah, I was, in, I was on the couch out by like, 8.15, and then in bed, like, crawl into bed by, like, 9. Look, man, it's old old man time over here in, in the in the Alvin area. So Hold on, hold on. One, one more corny thing. One more mm, corny go thing. Go ahead. Okay, so, so, I, so I, I sent Chris a message, and I'm like, hey, Chris, can you help me get everything set up? I want to test this stuff out. You know, you guys know what I got back? That's it. That's all I got back. That's hey, it. on this end, that sounds like birds, not crickets. I think you fucked that one up too. It's crickets. We're, we're it's crickets. It came it, with crickets. 
Came with crickets. It came with crickets. It so came anyway, with crickets. It I, says crickets I tell, right there. I tell Drew, he, you know, I'm giving him crap, and I'm like, look, I got to stop giving you crap right now. He's like, okay, you know, I'll, I understand. Go ahead and stop giving Drew so much crap. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to save it for the podcast. Look, Drew, you are the type of person that reminds me of my 70-plus-year-old dad. Every time you get new gadgets, <laughs> you take forever to try and figure them out, and then you got to figure them out all over again. The next time you go to use them. I just have to figure them out 100%. Leave yourself some notes, okay? Use some sticky notes. Put them around on things. Like, don't touch this button. I'm not Leave touching any more alone. settings. Don't, <laughs> don't unplug this shit. <laughs> stop, stop messing with this shit. <laughs> that, he, he was talking about how great this system is. And I know how great they are. The Rode mics and the Rode, I mean, the Shure mics. Hell, you asked me for advice on which mic you should buy. Um I don't have that kind of money for those mics, by the way. And and the Rode Mixer, fantastic equipment, man. Um, but it's all intuitive. It shouldn't take much to get it up and running. And if you leave it alone, then the next time you come back to it, it should be just fine. Well, that's my problem. Like, I had to jack with the settings, just all of it, to see what was in there. I mean, I had to mess but, with every single setting on the microphone, on the mixer. I know you I did. Had to learn I know it. you. I had to see everything that, that was there. Your mom probably smacked your hands a thousand times whenever you were a child, didn't she? She was like, "Get your hands out of that! Stop touching that! Leave that alone!" I would just tear stuff up in my room <laughs> that I knew that I could get away with tearing up. I, hey, look, but you know what? This isn't about uh, you know setting up podcast mixers or or microphones or audio checks, man. This is about fishing, right? And uh, we've got a weekend of brutal fishing coming up this Saturday. It's going to be horrible for the tournament. It's, no, it, it looks like things are turning around a little bit, but it's still going to be brutal, my man. Look, at first, like Monday, we're looking at the uh, weather forecast, and we're looking at like 40-something degrees outside and 20-mile-an-hour winds plus rain. Now it's, it's just going to be rainy. No, and now cold. it's only going to be and windy. 20 mile an hour winds. Oh, only 20, you know, because there's yeah. a huge difference between 20 and 30 mile an hour winds when you're well, fishing. And and it's what's crazy is my wife is like, hey, you better make sure that you bring some warm clothes. And I look at the temperature and I'm like, damn, it's 59 in the morning. But then once the afternoon rolls around, it's like 49. So yeah, that front is actually come. <laughs> that front's coming through a little later. What I saw was it was going to be 59 in the morning, and then it was going to be 59 at noon, and then 59 at 1 o'clock, and 59 at 2 o'clock. It was just going to stay 59 degrees all day long. Uh, that that cold front's going to come through. But, hey, it's all for a uh, good cause, man. We're supporting Heroes on the Water this weekend. Um, folks, if you haven't signed up yet, you still have one more day. Now, once this airs on on Spotify and all the podcast uh, variables and, and everything out there— it, you're, you're, it's too late. I've already taken everybody's money. Ooh, but. ooh, he's calling us out. Everybody's calling <laughs> us out. Our man Daniel's listening right now. Daniel's uh, the one who puts on Saltwater Survival Series, one of the guys. But it's it's going to be awesome to get out there and support Heroes on the Water. My brother Chris just said, everybody dust off them boundary boots, baby. Get those boundary boots ready. If you guys want to sign up, look in the comments if you're watching live. And Daniel has the uh, website up for you guys to sign up for Heroes on the Water. And if you're lucky enough, Crocs no is, socks, baby. There is a Turner Rodco gift certificate in the raffle. So what? you can win a 
$300 plus custom rod at the raffle. How much are raffle tickets? I buy a hundred of them right now. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna you, be like. I bet you Daniel can tell us. Daniel will tell us how much <laughs> raffle tickets are gonna be. I'm gonna be like Chris Castro. Give me a hundred of them. Ooh, a hundred <laughs> raffle tickets for anything is a lot of raffle tickets. You Damn. ever seen that dude at uh, raffles at at tournaments? Oh my gosh, man! Dude's like, I'm gonna spend my life savings on raffle tickets right quick and win me some bungee cords. Daniel said tickets are ten dollars a piece. Ten dollars. And I'm sure they're going to have not some, buying some, of them. some great stuff other than, you know, the turn a rod, co-rod, gift certificate. But if you want to win that, show up, buy some buy some deals because uh, the turn of rod, team turn a rod co is going to take home. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess we're going to take home at least second or third. We're going to be Dude, on the podium. What? I'm calling hey. it. I'm calling my shot. Team, Babe team, Ruth. Team pointing. Turner. Team Turner, why don't you just say you're going to take it all, man? Why? What, I said what at least of, at least second or third. Well, hey, I, hey, I look, think we're gonna Armando be top three. is Armando is backstage, and I can see him, and I want him, and I know he can hear us, and I just want him to shake his head. Would you say I'm gonna take at least second place, maybe third, or would you would you say I'm gonna take it all? This shit is mine. Yeah, see, he said shaking he's his head. Yes, <laughs> I'm just saying. I think we're gonna make the podium, which means we're probably gonna skunk. That's that's what that means. <laughs> hey, look, if you can get your partner, your tournament partner, to keep the fish in the live well, you'll be doing all right. That is for sure, a hundred percent for sure. Oh man, he said he's on fish, so we'll see. They they got. He on always fish, says he's on but fish, but the conditions are going to change completely. Uh, I think we're going to get into a little tournament talk on this one. I think there's there's some things that we've been wanting to get off our chest about uh, some, some tournament stuff going on. Um, and, and, Chris, you told me, you said, hold on tight because you got some stuff to say on this episode. It's not about tournament stuff, but, man, yeah, I saw some more flares today uh, going up. Um, folks are, are, again, not happy with some of the uh, tournament directors out there and, and how they act. And, um, you know, 100% if you're a tournament director you need to realize that event's not for you man it's not about you it's really not even about your trail it's you about the, the people event. who fish it exactly you are you, not the event you ain't the event homie but we're we're going to get into more of that my man Shane said yo 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 new mic is legit thank you Shane and guys if you don't know Shane is one of the new kings of the bro staff on Patreon so go ahead, hit to, one of you. Shout wah, out to wah, my wah. man. <laughs> shout out to my man, Shane. If you guys want to get a shout out on the show, just join the Patreon and you'll get extra. Pro tip. Pro tip. We'll send you some pro tips. I love uh, this dude. I'm going to hit all the. I, I, I can't wait for Number you guys two. to say something homie. so I can hit these buttons. Like, yeah, I can't wait I for you to talk about some stuff toy. so I can boom. So I can, your new so toy I can is just making all your fingertips itch, isn't it? I mean, if my fingertips start itching, I better go see a doctor. Like, it is not <laughs> going to be a good thing if my fingertips are, are itching. Chris, you want to talk about anything else in this intro, man? There's so much that I could possibly talk about. You know what, guys? Uh, I'll get it off my chest uh, a little bit later. I'm actually probably going to be a little bit silent while um, Drew is speaking with Armando because it's a topic that... Um, I'm really not too familiar with the bass fishing, green fish, the whole national tournament circuit thing. Uh, 
y'all, that's going to be y'all's cup of tea. I'm just going to take some notes. And but, uh, but you you have to have some some thoughts about when we talk about what do people mean when they say they want to grow the sport? Because I know you hear it all the time. We want to grow the sport. So and so wants to grow the sport. And I think we definitely do hear it a lot, but let's think, talk about that later. I think my comments <laughs> and your comments on it are going to be a little controversial and maybe a little bit different than Armando's. Because I, I think we all say we want to grow the sport in different ways, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> look, at, look at this shit, man. Damn it, boy. These podcasts are going to be long as hell with that board. I don't even know who that is. And I'm going to say that Sam, <laughs> you know what my favorite one is right here. <laughs> this is, this is my favorite comment ever on here. It's a silent. How the hell you ain't gonna interrupt? Hey, hey, somebody? hey! hey oh, what are you I call about, BS. Man? It's I don't know in what your blood. <laughs> you know who, guys? You know who he's not gonna interrupt? He's not gonna interrupt Jessica with her commercial. Jessica, what we got going on? With Thanksgiving right around the corner, Paddler's Playbook would like to say thank you to their partners, Mariner Sales, for keeping us on the water year-round with the newest kayak gear and accessories. Real Sportswear for helping us stay stylish and protected out there on the water. And last but not least, our Pure Fishing family for the latest and greatest baits, rods, and reels. From our house to yours, shut up and pass the gravy. I'm Saltside Jess, and I'll see you on the other side of the turkey. Gobble, gobble. Oh, you heard it. Oh, that was the sound of the beer. <laughs> Is the correct. What is that, sir? Is I, that ultra? Is that an I, ultra? I see. It's an ultra. I'm. Uh, I'm actually, and I apologize. I'm actually at my sister's house here in Austin. I live in Dallas, but last minute I got a call on Monday. I got an email Monday morning that uh, I had to come for a training here this week, so I kind of rushed out on Monday and uh, got here to Austin. Um, so I'm here spending the weekend. I leave tomorrow back to Dallas. So I'm not in my podcast studio. I wouldn't normally be caught dead with the Michelob Ultra, but that's why my brother-in-law drinks. So, wait, that's a good that's a good beer. I mean, it's not Lone Star. It's not piss water from Lone Star. I didn't say Lone Star either, but <laughs> I did have a Lone Star today. They were ninety nine cents. I'm like, you know what? I'll have <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anybody drinking Lone Star, you get a twelve pack for twelve bucks. <laughs> Pretty much. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Guys, if you do not know Mr. Armando, he has his own podcast on the Paddler yes, Network. You want to tell us about your podcast real quick? Um, It's called Bass Kayak and Beers. It airs every Tuesday morning. Um, basically, it's, it's really – I like to have it um, to talk about live stories uh, more than anything. Uh, but it's, you know, people within the kayak bass fishing and kayak fishing, saltwater, you know, freshwater, bass, naked, uh, you know, catfish, whatever it is. But what, you know, how kayak fishing fits into their life. Um, you know, I've had one of my favorite guests is Frank Reed, which, you know, he was uh, a Desert Storm veteran who would jump out of parachutes to kill their target and then find their way out and his struggles once he retired going into normal life you know his life story is you know going from that job to living underneath a bridge um you know looking for garbage to eat it, those those stories like that and how kayak fishing has helped so many people especially veterans 
um, like you mentioned, Heroes on the Water. Um, I love those stories. Now, not everybody has that kind of story. So a lot of times I'll, you know, I'll, every now and then I'll delve into, you know, product reviews or um, talk to tournament anglers and ask them how they did on their tournaments. But essentially the core of it is talking about life and how kayak fishing has helped them, each individual in their life. So I, I listen to a lot of your episodes and, and appreciate that, man. Same here. Yeah, you always li- ask the question, like, so what do you got? What do you do in your real life? You know, you ask your guests, what's your day to day job and things like that. I, I've listened to a lot of episodes, but I don't think I know what, what does Armando do in his day to day life. You said you had to do some training. What, what is it that you do? Well, actually, I, I worked for American Airlines for 30 years. I lived in Puerto Rico. They were downsizing. I was about to lose my job. So they told me either transfer to Miami, which is one of their hubs, or Dallas, which is their main hub. And um, I have family here. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll transfer to Dallas. Otherwise, I was going to lose my job. So I transferred here. I actually retired in March 11th this year. And now I'm working on getting training for my second career, which is home inspections, which is something that I used to do uh, for investors back in Puerto Rico. But as you would imagine, the construction, housing construction in Puerto Rico is very different than it is here. And that's more catered to hurricanes and all that. Over here, it's more, uh, you know, shit rocks and uh, wood framing and all that. So I've taken trainings on that so I can get my license here in home inspections. So that's... Yeah. You must absolutely love your family a whole lot to pick Dallas over Miami well, as, fu- as choices to live. Well, funny thing is, like, there was a bunch of us from work, and we're all around the same age. You know, we used to, you know, after work, go hit the bars and have fun and all that. And most of them were facing the same decision. Most of them were going to Miami. Now, I, because they had cut my hours, I was really struggling. I maxed out my card. Just I was in fifteen thousand dollars in debt in credit card, not you know using it um, stupidly, but in just to keep my to pay my mortgage and buy my groceries and pay my electric so you, bills and all that. You weren't out there buying a thousand dollars worth of podcast microphones <laughs> no, and no. mixers and shit. I'm done with that. <laughs> it's really that way. But so I wanted to go to Miami, but I knew Miami was super expensive. So I was like, let me go to Dallas. The My thought process was like, I'll go to Dallas. I didn't think I was going to like Dallas because, you know, you live in the Caribbean. I, I grew up surfing. Um, and I was like, what am I going to do in Dallas? To me, it was like barren desert. So I was like, I'll go over there, you know, because it it's a lot cheaper to live in Dallas or Fort Worth than it is to live in South Florida. So I'll go over there, work hard, pay off my credit card, and then move to transfer back to Miami. But... I mean, and I did that within a year. I paid off on my credit card. I worked hard. I worked extra hours. But then I realized I loved this living in Dallas. I liked it. Um, so I was like, yeah, I mean, Miami, I love, but the cost of living over there is like I would have to work so much to just keep, you know, the bare minimum. And in here, I was able to save, pay off my credit cards and actually able to retire and work on my second career, which I would have Our never money. been able to do that in Miami. Do you ever feel like whenever you get on Highway 35 or anywhere around the loop in Dallas that people are actually trying to actively kill you? No, it is. I I live (laughs) right off of 183 and 121. And I tell my wife every day, it doesn't matter what day it is, there's an accident on 121 and 183 every day. I've seen the highway being closed so a helicopter can land 
to take the victims out. I seen a car sway three lanes and hit a medium and explode in fire. I've seen the craziest accidents. I'm like, it's a highway. It's not even a curve. Well, <laughs> GPS, GPS don't even know how to get you to where you want to go whenever you're driving through Dallas. It's like, oh, yeah. um, 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 prepare for a right. Oh, shit. I mean a left. I mean, stay in the right lane of the floor. No, it's crazy. Oh, shit. <laughs> GPS don't even know what's going on. But no. Dallas, Dallas is not as bad as San Antonio. San I haven't driven. Oh yeah, I did. I no, I haven't driven San Antonio. What? San Antonio has up exits and down exits. It's like my GPS is like your exit is up, and I'm like, what hey, the but hell there is, is a there up? is a definitive sign though that tells you what's going on in San Antonio. Just like in Austin, Austin has some weird exchanges from the highway to the theater as well. But Dallas, the people on the roads in Dallas, it's are crazy. Trying to kill you, man. That is hundred percent accurate. And I, how, where did you like before you moved? You said I was going to move to Dallas, and I'm thinking where I'm going to a barren desert. What made you think Dallas was like a barren desert? That place has got almost as many people, if not more, than Houston. Well, in the sense the weather related, you know, I came from a Caribbean island with 100 percent humidity oh, on a good day. Okay. And it's funny because right. I was when I was moving, I have friends in Colorado that I go visit to go snowboarding. When I told them, "Hey, I'm moving to Dallas," and they're like you know how how do you you think you'll get used to the humidity i'm like what are you talking about dude i live in the caribbean like <laughs> to me Dallas is like zero humidity it's dry compared. yeah it's yeah. dry they actually but, have like yeah. snow and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> colorado is super uh, dry but yeah so to me like people ask me like oh that's dallas is really humid now if you, if you come from the caribbean <laughs> so that's why i mean by mean barren desert gotcha gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. plus the plains like i haven't seen a mountain in years I don't know what a mountain is. Yeah, I, I, I forgot up, what I grew a mountain up on looks the coast. like. Like yeah. the highest elevation we had was the railroad tracks. Like that was it. <laughs> Armando, that's look, a hill. dude, you are in. You are in one of the most amazing geographical um, states in the in the entire country. Um, and people don't even understand this. Just go a little bit west. And you'll be surrounded by mountains and caverns and 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 uh, canyons and. Let me correct right you. Let it's me correct right there you. On your fingertips. When you say little bit left, it's still in the same state, but it's still twelve hour drive. Yeah, it's a long. <laughs> yeah, it's not a little bit. Left. A little bit to a Chris bit. is like a four bit to hours. The right, I got Alabama. A, uh, little, a whole lot of left. I got West Texas. <laughs> yeah, you know, my wife and I sometimes will get off work on a Friday, like 5 p.m., and we'll make a 10-hour drive to the Panhandle or something like that to go do some hiking. And it's not that hard for us, but I understand a lot of people, you know, just driving an hour um, is, is hard. Uh, Drew can't even make it two hours to go fishing on time. Nope. I mean, I'll make it. I just won't be on time. <laughs> I got to decide – like where I'm living, he's fighting it the whole way there. Where I'm living to Rayford Sawdust is like 35, 40 minutes. I have to really decide if I want to do it that day just to go to Rayford Sawdust. Like just to go 45 minutes, I really have to decide. You know what the best thing about Dallas is, though? Like the Dallas area? Mariner Sales. Mariner Sales? Yes. Mariner Sales is the best thing for that area. Duke. I mean, that, yeah, Duke. You know, Eris, everybody up there at Winter Sales, those are 
That's the only reason why I go to Dallas, unless I'm doing some work training. Why people like to do work training in Dallas, I have no idea. But it's, I don't either. It's one of those spots. But Armando, let's talk a little fishing, man. Let's 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 yes, get sir. to the fishing portion. I'm gonna ask you the same question I ask everyone who comes on this show. Tell me about your most memorable fishing memory, and then I want to know what your first kayak was and how you got into kayak fishing. My core memory for fishing. So I lived in Puerto Rico. I, uh, every now and then, my dad would take me fishing with him, um, but. It was more like a bonding experience. He didn't know how to fish. I didn't know how to fish. We're just there to bond, um, father and son. But finally, he got me a rod and uh, and some baits. And I had a soft plastic uh, swim bait. And we were staying at uh, some resort in uh, central Puerto Rico at the coast. And I went fishing with, by then, one of my best friends. And I just started casting that soft plastic, you know, um, um, from the surf, little like rock, uh, rocky area. And I caught, I, I mean, I was like 12 years old. I'm probably caught something like a grouper or, or something. I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember that first tug. And I will always remember just reeling on it and watching all of a sudden that fin come out of the water. It was, it was the ocean. So it was crystal clear, clear water and just watching that fish um come up and that i'll never forget um why i stopped doing it for so long i i have no idea probably because it was expensive and then my dad uh, my dad was working hard and we didn't have time to go fishing but that was my core core memory of fishing and something i'll never ever ever forget i remember so excited running up to uh the uh where, the room where my mom and dad was staying and just um telling him, you know, how happy and excited I was to catch my first fish. Um, what kind of fish were you catching out there? I, I don't I, I don't remember. He said a grouper. Remember. Were you not listening? What, I, I think it was like probably like else? a rock bass or a grouper. I kind of I vaguely remember what it looked like, but it, it, it's not a big goliath, obviously, but just more like a small grouper or something like that, or something like either rock bass or, I mean, not rock bass, sea bass or a grouper, something like that. Drew has a hard time listening sometimes. Excuse him. I, well, the, the, everything changed on the screen and it threw me off. So and you I got make, you got confused. I had to make sure that you yeah I had to make sure that you were controlling that. I'm like, Chris, do that. What the hell happened? I, I, is there a glitch in this board? Does it have like an automatic switch over? I don't know. Yeah, I'm on center on. stage. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you're you're center stage here. This will be good for the clips for TikTok. If you guys don't already follow us on TikTokie. Follow us over there on Tiki Taki. Our man from Bass and Brews follows us over there. Paul on Tiki Taki. Jabber Hammer. Follower we got? Yeah, the Jammer Hammer. We, we follow I follow you guys on TikTok, don't I? There you go. Well, I think we have like three followers. I think it's you, Bass and Brews, and I think William Shaw. That's it. We got like Let me three make sure Tiki-taki. I'm following you now. We got we got to make sure. But, okay, second question. Got to get back to that story. Yeah. How, how did you get into kayak fishing, and what was your very first kayak? So I got, when I moved here to Texas, I, when I grew up, uh, my mom would tell me that, and I don't even remember when my dad got me my first rod and my first reel and all that. And my first, and I actually still have my first, very first uh, bait box, you know, that she got me. It's, I can't even remember the name of it. It's, it's 40 years old. Is um, a hula popper in there? Yeah, it does actually. I opened it for <laughs> the first time in 
almost 40 years like last year. She, my mom brought it from Puerto Rico. But anyways, uh, so I would, she would tell me that I would, she would wake up on Sundays and I was already in, in the floor in front of my couch watching uh, bass fishing outdoor shows or, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what I was watching, but my mom told me it always had to do with bass fishing. I would sit with my little hat, my fishing hat, my tackle box in one hand and my rod on the other. So I love bass fishing, even though bass fishing back then wasn't a thing in Puerto Rico. But when I moved here, I started noticing, which I don't get to see in Puerto Rico, is lakes um, and creeks and driving around to work and all that. I noticed the creeks, I noticed the, the rivers, I noticed the lakes, and I'm like, man, I'm sure bass fishing is good here. So uh, I made friends uh, uh, with still my, one of my best friends at Lulfo. Um, he got me into kayak fishing because he was like, when I moved here and, and I met them and his wife and all that, um, he was telling me, do you like fishing and all that? I'm like, oh man, I love fishing. Um, so I started uh, fishing from ponds, like neighborhood ponds. And remember he told, I was so proud the first time I caught like five fish. And I remember calling like, dude, I'm hammering five fish. I'm like, dude, boys, kids catch five bass on a pond, do it on a lake. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to do another lake. And he's like, I got two kayaks. Whenever you want to go, let's go. So we did. We went up to Grapevine Lake twice with the kayak. First time I got skunked. Second time I got skunked, but I was throwing, I, I went and bought a, a rod at Bass Pro Shops in the Rio, and I started throwing a spinnerbait. And the first time I ever hooked into a bass, I presume it's a bass because I never caught it, that thing took me for a sleigh ride. I was not expecting it. I didn't know even how to set a hook. Um, but that was about five years ago. So I uh, hits whatever hits my bait. And I'm just like yelling at my buddy, like, dude, what do I do? Like, this thing is literally taking me for a sleigh ride. Um, by the time he got close, it was like, just set the hook, set the hook. I lost it. But back then, I, as soon as I got home, I told my wife, I'm buying a kayak. I'm buying a kayak. She's like, are you sure? It's like, I'm buying a kayak. So we went... I, and I now you only see me on weekdays after 5 p.m. <laughs> between the hours of 5 and 8. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, actually, weekends, that's the deal we made. I told her, you know, because at the airport, you know, it's 24 hours, seven days a week. So I didn't necessarily have weekends off. Um, you know, if you ever worked at the airport, you know, you can have odd hours with odd days off. So I would fish on the week and not the weekends, which I hate fishing on the weekends just because of boat traffic. I, unless I'm on a tournament, I'm not going on, on a fishing on a weekend. Um, so we went to, I called my buddy up again. He says, hey, he has a pickup. I didn't have a pickup. It's like, can you take me to basketball shop? I'm going to buy a kayak there. So I bought an Ascend 12T. That was four years ago. Um, had it for a year. Not a bad kayak to start with. But uh, a year later, I traded, you know, I sold it and bought myself an Outback. And then... A year and a half later, I bought the PA 360. So now it, I'm doing the PA 360. It didn't take you very long to upgrade after you got that. Yeah, just, no, no. Just yeah. about everybody that's on this podcast. Actually, I can't say that, but a lot of people, their first kayaks are either were one of two kayaks, either a Pelican or yeah. an Ascend. And they they find out pretty quickly that they they either like the sport and they want to upgrade their kayak or they hate it and they burn everything to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only one who didn't like upgrade, upgrade like that or start out with like a Pelican was Matt Scotch. Cause he started out with that inflatable 
that the catfishes pop, <laughs> and then he went straight to a PA. He was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm getting to PA. <laughs> I ain't gonna it. almost die again." No, the game warning is not gonna save me because catfish <laughs> pop my inflatable kayak out here on the lake. It's never, never happening again. But you know, speaking of Matt, you know Matt is huge in the tournament scene. He is. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit of tournament talk here uh, a little later in the episode. But one thing I wanted to bring you on to talk about because you're very opinionated. You know, when yep. we when I listen to your show, like you're you're very straightforward. You're very you know the last episode you you went in pretty good and. When the Drew Gregory stuff came in, you were not shy about giving your opinion whenever that came in. So I, I, re- I really want to get your opinion on this because I think me, you, and Chris are all going to have different answers to this question. Uh, but the question I want to ask is, like, when you talk about we want to grow the sport, what are you talking about? Like, what do you really want to grow? Why do you want it to grow? You know, we hear a ton of people talk about it. And and I don't know if it's just a buzzword or a buzz phrase that people want to say to seem like they care about the community, but everyone says we want to grow the sport, we want to be good stewards of the sport, which is kind of a different thing than growing the sport. I mean, it works hand in hand, but it's kind of a different thing. But when you say I want to grow the sport, what do you mean? Well, to me, it's like, First of all, when I say grow the sport is you want um, you want when you lost something you wanted you wanted to see it grow you wanted to see it flourish you want to talk about it whether it's a loved one whether it's uh, whatever it's your car you love your car you talk about your car you wanted to keep it nice shape whatever you're into when you love it you love to talk about it and you love to see it you know get better each time you know and to me that's what it is i don't make i i do get some sponsorship money from douglas but it's not a lot it's not enough to even uh cover my fishing costs so it's not about my brand it's not about me growing would i love to see my brand grow and maybe someday uh live out of it maybe but not necessarily my goal you know to me i do my i want a job that gives me time to go fishing and enjoy the sport so it's not about me personally. I like to see it grow in the way that I like to see it grow by talking about it, having a podcast. I loved it. The first time, it, again, another core memory, like I said, just having that bass just take me for a sleigh ride. That is something that kind of like changed my, my whole perspective, what I love doing and why I love doing it. And I want to share that. Um, when I started the podcast, it was really to try to get other people to talk to me about bass fishing. I, my friends that took me bass, they do kayak fishing, they don't do it anymore because now they have kids and you know, they don't have the time. Plus they weren't really into it. There was something like they would do every once in a while on the weekend. Um, so I was struggling to learn the sport. And as you know, fishing is very hard. It need, you have to spend a lot of time doing it to really be, enjoy it and get the most of it. I compare it to golf. You know, you can't just go up against one day and says like, oh, I'm gonna go play golf. You're gonna be miserable. You're gonna be tired, you're gonna be miserable because there's a lot of technique. Yeah. But Uh, once- I'm gonna have to disagree with that, but I'll go, I'll let you continue. 
But what I mean by it is to you really you enjoy it. Up, Chris. Yeah. I didn't really say that. <laughs> to really enjoy it, you have to like practice golf consistently and get good at it and get good at it. It's not like it's not something that's going to come naturally because it's very different. Same thing with fishing and bass fishing. You really have to spend time on the water to get good at it. First couple of times, you're not going to probably catch any fish. That's what happened to me. I think that's what happened to most people that didn't grow up bass fishing. Now, once you grew, if you grew up bass fishing because your dad was great at it, then it might come more naturally uh, to somebody uh, like me compared to somebody like me. But the point about it is I wanted other people to learn what I've learned and I wanted to enjoy it as much and enjoy it. By having people enjoy it, it makes the sport grow. Um, why would I want it to see it grow? Well, first of all, because I want to have that same effect they had on my life. Not to say that my life was in shambles and it turned it around, but it definitely high, uh, uh, made my life a lot more enjoyable. When I started the podcast and I started trying to get people to talk about bait, not necessarily to grow the podcast, but for my own knowledge, so like how do I get people to talk to me about bass fishing if I don't know anybody? Let's do a podcast, and I get these people that are trying to get sponsors, that are trying to, you know, uh, grow their brand to come in because they want the, you know, the not necessarily the recognition, but you know, they want to go. They want the platform to get. They out there the and talk platform. about their stuff. Yeah. So I started just having people tell me, "Hey, how do you do this? How do you throw this? When do you throw it, and all that?" And with it, I would start having conversations pre-recording and after recording, and I, you know, I got into you know, people telling me their life stories and why they got into kayak bass fishing, why they love it. So that made me kind of switch. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about necessarily about baits and tactics. I want to, I want to talk about how bass fishing and kayak fishing helped their life. And my first experience was when you were on their podcast with Josh Smith. That was my first introduction to, oh, wow, this is, you know, I had a great life before this. So it's even better now, but there are people that really struggle with addiction, PTSD, the loss of grievings, uh, uh, the loss of their father, their mother, their son, and kayak bass fishing kind of helped them get out of a really bad place in their life. And that's where I was like, this is what I want to do with bass. This is why I want to introduce people to kayak fishing. So if somebody's out there struggling, if somebody feels like there's something they want to do, they need to spend their their time, whether mentally or physically, in something other to just get on the right track, this is a great sport of it. It's a great community. Regardless of all the rivalry that goes into tournament fishing and all the trash talk, when you're on the water, I mean the camaraderie. But trash um, talk is a part of the sport, though. Yeah, right? it's part of the sport. But It's a fun part of the camaraderie. It's, it's a fun. You, yeah. it's, we keep it respectful. But the reality is, like, people... When you get on tournaments, in, whether nationally or locally, people just love to talk about it. And people just enjoy the, enjoy the camaraderie. And that, to me, is why I want to grow it. All right. So, I want to stop you right there before yeah. we start talking about tournaments. Yeah. Um, I think- hey, we need to, real quick, we need to say what's up to the guys that just joined us, man. We had about five or six guys join within the last five minutes. Uh, so, fellas, thanks for hopping in, hopping you know, on. You, you know why those numbers shot in. up, don't you? Was that? Because Seth joined and he shares this podcast with a thousand <laughs> different groups. Yeah. So we got a thousand different new listeners going. Chris, there we you, go. you said you wanted to disagree with him on something. What What was that that you wanted to disagree with him about? Golf. I, I forgot, bro. 
<laughs> no, it wasn't golf. It has nothing to do with golf, actually. Uh, so uh, my dad it was uh, a amateur golfer that made some money off of it here and there. And uh, he was good at it. I was never even close to being as good as him. But that's not what my comment was about at all. Um, what my comment was about is that in order to enjoy fishing, you have to, um, you know, constantly improve and work on your game and constantly improve and, and be better than you were yesterday in order to enjoy it. No, that's in order to enjoy the competitive spirit within yourself. In order to enjoy fishing, all you have to do is go sit on the end of a pier with a six pack of tall boys and some dead bait on the end of a line. Because let me tell you something, man, in my former life, um, that's how I was able to escape a lot of um, the, because I worked three jobs um, while my kids were, were real little. Um, and sometimes I would finally get that, that one night where I could go and sit on the end of that pier and just soak some bait and drink a six pack by myself where well, there were people on the pier, and honestly, I got to talk to all those people that I didn't even know. Um, you know, we just shot the shit while we were there. So the statement that in order to enjoy fishing, you have to um, constantly work at your craft, that is for your competitive self. That is for your yes, spirit within yeah. yourself. But I, I have to agree with you, Chris, on that one. Don't both of you guys think, though, it's kind of a – natural evolution for most fishermen like most of us when we start off fishing it is an escape from xyz whether that's work or Ooh, i thought you were just gonna say yeah. <laughs> but, no 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 but like it's it's an escape from yeah. xyz and then once you get your life more together i would say where you have a little bit of extra time, or your kids start growing up, you know, you, you have a little more extra time to do those extracurricular activities. You have time for your own hobbies. You get to do those hobbies enough where it's not just like, oh, man, this is, this is extremely relaxing. Then you start yeah. to be like, man, you know, maybe I could – do some tournaments or something like maybe I, I need a little something more out of this That's out of this fishing thing. And for some of us, I think it is kind of a natural progression from it's just something to clear your mind and get away from everything to, hey, I have some more time now. Like my competitive juices are now flowing a little bit. Well, we talk about that sometimes on the on this podcast. And that's, you know, the fact that we're getting older and we can't. You know, we can't get out there and, and play football anymore. You know, we can't get out there and, and play baseball. Sure, we could probably swing a golf club, um, but some of us just aren't that wealthy to play golf. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you were talking about also being able to make money at fishing. Talk to the top guys in every category of fishing. None of those guys actually make money fishing. They Even though they win tournaments, and I'm talking about big tournaments, they're still losing money because you don't get to see the, you know, thousands, multiple tens of thousands of dollars that they spend on traveling, lodging, um, uh, tournament fees. The only way they can actually do that 
is by having sponsors, man. There's yeah. just no way that they can travel and do as much as they do without having sponsors. My sponsor is called Wife. And <laughs> she sponsors the hell every out of me, year. Man. She sponsors yeah. you every year too. <laughs> um, no you know what's funny? How bad of a season you had? We got another um, uh, commenter here that only says Facebook user, so I can't, I can't uh, see who it is. But you know, they said Chris Lewis created the shit talking championship category in Texas tournaments, and I'm the middleweight champion right there. You know. Who said it? Who was it? You, Drew, or Armando that were commented on sh- talking, being able to talk shit? You know, the shit talk is part of the camaraderie. Yeah, it was yeah. both of again, us. I mean, we both yeah. talked about again, it. Again, the shit talking is not a part of the tournament camaraderie. It's just, and I wish it could stay this way all the time. It's just dudes being dudes, and right. you know, sometimes we have such soft dudes <laughs> and i'm sorry they don't listen to this show i don't hang out with those dudes though. we don't yeah really but man dudes. every now and then we come across some of them and it's like damn man i just wanted to bro up with you and talk some shit and we're getting off track completely from but it's it's again about our our individualized spirit too and yeah. not necessarily the sport although i do talk shit with my closest of friends like drew and his brother uh, his brother the most because I never ever ever in my life heard of somebody dropping a tournament winning fish out of the live well after it's already been secured not twice. once but twice. Twice in the live well. It's made it <laughs> For twice the love of the God, well. leave oh, the God. fish alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, back to back to <laughs> back to growing. Put the myself sport. on mute. So so no 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 don't put yourself on mute because I'm about to ask you. So when do you want to grow the sport, Chris? And when you say you want to grow the sport, how do you want to grow it? Okay, so I was going to leave my shit until, like, you guys were completely done with yours. But, um, you know, when people say grow the sport, and you got to understand something, man. I've worked at NASA for 23 years, and when you lay something out like that for me, it doesn't just happen linear, um, Although it does, really, my process, my thought process is linear. I start thinking of all these lateral things, too. Like, what is the sport? What, what components make up the sport? Is this actually sport? Which part of this is just recreational? Yeah. Because a lot what, of it. What, you know what I'd rather grow is the lifestyle. Yeah. There, there you go. The, li- the lifestyle is what I'd rather grow not the sport. The sport is for me. Again, back to that centralized um, self-characterization uh, of, you know, I'm in it because I want to be able to compete. That's me. How do I grow that sport? Um, I'm trying to come up with an acronym so I don't throw the F-bomb out there. F I I K. F I I K? I don't even know. if I know. Oh, God. Oh, man. Look, I have a beat button on here, too, and I don't have it pulled up yet. I should have I should have well, you, you out. should have known tra- better, I'm man. I try not to edit these episodes, and I don't like F bombs being in them out of all of them. Well, and to piggyback of what Chris said, like to me, when I say it, you usually you will hear me say it. I want to grow the community um, and the sport. Um, now, Going back to the, you know, the, the 
title of the episode is how do you want to grow the sport? So that's, that's what I'm catering my answer to. But really personally, I usually refer it as growing to um, the community. Within the communities, there's their tournaments, right? Um, and again, like you mentioned, Chris, there's two, there's two points of view. It's the recreational part, just the guy that's, you know, along with the socks, going out there, enjoying nature and enjoying the recreation part of it and just having that release button um, to help his, you know, enjoy life more. And then there's the other part where it's like Drew commented, it's like your competitive juices and and that's the actual sport of it. You know, that's what the two definitions of sport, where it's you actually, you know, measuring yourself against other anglers. Me personally, I don't necessarily view it as I want my name to be mentioned among the greatest. I just want to see how my fishing talents compared to those of Christine Fisher, Drew Gregory, um, Joey. Boy, her name's gotten big lately. No, no, she's one of the best. So I want to, I don't view it as like, I want the attention or I want the recognition. I just want to see, I think I'm good, but I want to go toe to toe with this great anglers that are constantly winning tournaments and constantly landing checks and fishing and traveling the nation fishing and see how I stack up to them. So, hey, Joey, that's to me personally. Joey Grimlin says there's many ways to grow the crow kayak fishing as a lifestyle. Goodwill, good deeds, a.k.a. heroes on the water. So, yep. Joey, seeing as though your event got canceled for this Saturday, I hope we're going to see you at the Saltwater Survival Series um, for the Heroes on the Water Tournament. Make a present, make, no, show up. But before you show up, if you don't mind, um, stop by and grab all the raffle winnings that, <laughs> that I won because I still ain't got them yet. Uh, and I, I need some armor all to armor all my car. <laughs> did, you, did you win a basket for, for? Oh, bro. So I did lay, lay out quite a bit for that tournament. I you was, bought a lot. I, you bought a lot yeah. of tickets. Um, I was messing with, uh, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? Shane, um, and and I was like, you know, I, I bought seven hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets. He's like, you bought a well, lot he didn't of raffle want, he tickets, did, dude. He didn't want to. He didn't want to. Uh oh, we lost our mondo. I'm uh, sure he'll jump back on. So he he didn't want to um, to be shown up. So he's like, man, what am I gonna do? You know, how much money do I have to put up? <laughs> and but I was just messing with him. I didn't put seven hundred dollars up. Uh, but yeah, I did. I think they called my name like five times for the raffle tickets. I really wanted that new canoe Flint. That's what I wanted. I wanted the new canoe as well. I really wanted that sucker. All right. So so getting back to 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 the discussion here, Armando, you're, oh, you're talking. I have another comment on that, by the way, on okay, something I, that I, he I, just said. I'm I'm gonna so bring keep up. That- I'm going to bring no, up go some ahead. more stuff. Go ahead. We're, we're going to well, keep you, going You guys here. manage it. Yeah. So, again, you know, it's also sometimes me just picking things apart just way too much. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the sport. Once you actually go out and compete, that's when it becomes a sport. I agree. I think that the term is used very loosely. Yep. Because mm-hmm. um, back in the day – when when I was growing up in Louisiana, the state was very proud of being called the sportsman's paradise. It's still proud of being called that, but it's not nearly as much of a paradise as it used to be. And the 
reason was not for competition. A sportsman is not necessarily someone who's going out to compete with others. Some days it's you against Mother Nature. It's you against the fish. It's you. That's how it's going to be on Saturday. The deer, yeah. (laughs) And I like to put it as like when I go into tournaments, I like to put it me against the best version of myself. I want. Yeah, it's you. By the end of the tournament, whether I won or lost, that I fish the best best version of myself. Best version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That too. That too. Yeah. I'm always trying to outgrind my last grind. Yeah. Um, parts of my bio sometimes, you know, when I put it out there, say it's hard to beat me because I will outgrind most people. Um, I'll put in 20 miles. I will go Drew Gregory 10 times over on your ass. <laughs> Austin, Austin Matthews has a good question, and we'll get into that in just a second. I want I want to finish this uh, this conversation about growing the sport, though. So, Chris, did you have a point to what you were? It can just get saying? very deep. It's very, it's, look, Austin's, Austin's diving into it too. You know, it's like, when do these, because sometimes these terms get used so loosely, like, are we athletes? If we're, if we are in a sport and we're performing a, an action of, uh, being an athlete, you know, um, where does the line get drawn? So when, when, when you start saying, how are we going to grow the sport, um, which part are we really talking about? Because I think I think you guys want to talk. I think you guys want to talk about the tournament side. I'm, oh, I, I I'm no, down no, with whatever. I don't want to talk about the tournament side. I want to know no. what Armando thinks is growing the sport. Well, I want to know what Chris thinks is growing the sport, and then I'm going to okay. tell you what I think is growing the sport because I, I think, think we're at the true part. There's three separate, <laughs> distinct parts when people say I want to grow the sport. There's three we, type of people who say that. How many have we touched on so far? Two. You've touched on two. Well, actually, you've okay. touched on all three, but we haven't made like a big talk about any of them. So number one, which I, I knew Armando was this type of guy because that's the first thing he talked about. He talked about growing the community. That was the very first thing he talked about. So there's those out there like Joey, like Armando, and I think like me and Chris for the most part, um, yep. I think we're probably 80%. 80%, we want to grow the community. We want to grow the lifestyle. We want to yep. get more people out there enjoying what we enjoy comfortably, safe. You can't enjoy it if you're not catching anything and you got 20-mile-an-hour winds and you're sunburnt and you're, you're just you – If hate you don't mind, though, take, take, them, uh, take them away from the good spots, okay? take the people anywhere else so you you have that where we want to grow the sport but really we want to say we want to grow the lifestyle the community we want to help out things like heroes on the water we want to we want to help out just anybody that's having you know having issues we want to take our buddies out who you know their marriage may be going down the toilets or you know their job sucks and we want to get them away because we've talked about this a lot on the on the podcast whenever you're kayak fishing or just kayaking you are actively engaged in a relaxing activity where you can't think about anything else so it's great to grow the community the other people who talk about kayak fishing and say they want to grow it it's it's a little bit more on the selfish side they want tournaments to grow they want bigger tournaments they want bigger payouts they want bigger events they want bigger sponsors getting involved 
because they have those competitive juices flowing. They want to be able to fish every tournament to be a $10,000 to $50,000 payout. They want it to be like some of the big boy bass tournaments. And that's why they want to grow the sport. They and there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with any no, of these nothing wrong at with all. that at all. And, yeah. and, and I just think that people say They're it all for different reasons. parts of the sport. Yeah. Parts yeah, exactly. of the activity, parts of the lifestyle. They're all parts of the sport. And you have those folks that say, I want to grow the sport. Like, I mean, I'm not, like, calling them out by any means, but, like, the um, Kayak Bass Nation guys. Like, Ryan wants to grow the sport. He does a lot of national tournaments. Like he was saying, yeah. he did 23 different 24, tournaments. 24, yeah. Yeah, those type of guys, they want to grow the sport because they want these bigger payouts because they're able to get out and do those things. Like, if you can get out and do it, man, go do it. Like, I'm all for it. And then I think there's the third type of kayak angler that wants to grow the sport. And you talked about a little bit, you touched on people who want to grow their personal brand. Yeah. So you have those other ones that want to grow the sport. They want to grow Alex their Rod. listeners. Yeah, they want to yeah. they want to grow Fleet it master. in that way because growing their and it it can be twofold. You know, yeah. growing their listenership, growing their brand, they can bring more awareness to different things, but they can't bring that awareness unless their brand is is something that people recognize and people want to talk about and people hear. So I personally think about when people say they want to grow the sport, they want to grow it in those three sectors. Now, like I said at the beginning, me and Chris probably want to do a little bit of all of them. Like we want to grow the kayak yeah. community. We want bigger payouts in these tournaments. And we also want to grow the Paddler's Playbook brand, just yeah. like you with your podcast. But I think the difference between us and some other people is it's just a different ratio. Like, we may be 70% we want to grow the community, 15% tournaments, 15% brands. For some people, it's flipped, 70% brand, 15% tournament, 15% community. And, and to add to that, um, first of all, none of those things are wrong. Let me clarify. Whoever wants you know. Um, I'm sorry, that was my bad. You're Alex right. Rod wants to grow his brand. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with it. Fluke Master, um, Drew Gregory, uh, Cody Milton. Well, more Drew Gregory because he does also social media. He wants to grow. He he wants to see the tournament grow because bigger payouts for him and all that and more sponsorship money. That's great too. Um, and you like you like ourselves. Like we are not great tournament anglers. We are not amazing at creating a brand. We just try to do what we can do. So we foc I focus, and I think this is why I think it's important. Regardless of what you want to do, start by putting the kayak fishing community first. Be valuable to the kayak fishing community and the re show a reputation that you love the kayak fishing community, that you love the sport, and that you want to help other people achieve their goals. Not use other people as um, stepping stones not compete against other people other than tournaments, but as far as creating the brand, um, not trying to put down other people to become bigger than them. And you touched on this on the intro, not trying to sequester the narrative or be more important than the community itself. Try to s impose yourself over the high fishing community, over the tournaments, like you talk about tournament directors. That's where I think it crosses the line. Whether you want it to grow for your brand, 
for your tournaments or just just wanted to see the catfish I mean, community grow because you love it. All of those are fine and noble causes. As long as you understand your place and know that you have to put the kayak community first. Examples of that are people that do clickbaits. I've, I've hated some of the, the, the YouTubers that do out stupid landish things. That's like, a topic too, right? YouTubers? Yeah, like, yeah, like and not, not, not to hate YouTubers. <laughs> like, I'm a big fan of a lot of them, but other ones that go out there and invade a golf course and fish and interrupt what other people are doing. Listen, if I'm not a golfer, but if I spend my money on golfing and I want to go golfing, the last thing I want to do is somebody wrecking my day fishing on a pond, enjoying my, like, I would hate it if I'm kayak fishing and some YouTube boater, let's like, let's Somebody use this kayaker. Comes yeah. through with the let GoPro me use this, on him. Yeah. yeah let me the use this guy. Yes. Let me use this kayak guy and, uh, create some type of clickbait. Um, so I can grow some, I get more views. So therefore my day is ruined because you want to make a stupid click video that I have no part of that. I don't want any part of. And that's, that's another example of people that, okay, I want to get famous, but I'm not putting the kayak, I'm not being an exa a good example in the fishing community. I'm creating clickbaits. And at the end of the day, that's going to come back bite at you. And I can tell you an example of somebody in Florida that screw, lost all his sponsorship because he went and grabbed a sea turtle that was laying eggs, lifted it up and dropped all the eggs and the eggs and it was not only stupid enough to do it but then stupid enough to put it on youtube and lost post it later hey yeah, pause up that is that to me is the wrong way to well, create it. we have one of those youtubers down here that did the same damn thing y'all know what i'm talking about red dot glock and an otter <laughs> that was just dumb that that was that was just dumb. but, but I, that's that's a great example of somebody growing it for selfish reasons Exactly. And I think that you're 100% correct that it it affects them within the kayak community with kind of the, the guys who have some sense and, you know, maybe some of the, the brand representation and stuff. But the only problem with that is that that video with the Glock and everything and the video with the sea turtle, if it's not down, it's still going to get thousands and thousands of views. And those, the type but no sponsorship. People, well, exactly. But the type of people who do not care about doing things like that, and they're just doing it personally, they don't give a damn about what the th kayak community thinks of them. Like they could care less. They are just worried about getting those views so they can get the checks. Now, when the sponsors start dropping out, that's yeah. when they start to think, "Hey, maybe I shouldn't have done this." Like, yeah, maybe that wasn't a good thing. Chris, you look hey, like I you want to say something about you. I had a so genius bad. moment. I had a genius moment, and so hold I on, need to on, share it on. with you guys. So, hold on, you had a genius moment. Like how yeah. genius was it? Hold on, here comes the hot like, button. Did you, did you hear this? <laughs> no, that. That I don't know how she take that one. That's not a genius moment. That's kind of, more like yeah, a fantasy moment. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. Wow, <laughs> you. You failed. <laughs> no, so so why not? You know, consult um, the very first version of artificial intelligence that we've ever experienced in our lives to get the answer. A Nintendo. No, Google. Okay, come sorry. on. Google. All right, sorry. What is you know the the term for sport? What does it actually mean? 
you know, because we're throwing it around saying, does it actually match what we're saying? And in fact, if you do consult the almighty Google, it does match what we're saying because it's an idiom that directly states for enjoyment and not as a job or for needed for survival. So hunting for sport, fishing for sport is merely out of enjoyment. If you are out there hunting or fishing for food at that point, you are foraging. Yeah. So there's your line for sport means you're doing it for enjoyment. So if so, you are kayaking for sport, you are merely paddling a polyethylene craft for enjoyment. If you are I'll, fishing out of that, then... I'll add, another, I'll add another caveat to it because that explanation kind of matches, but there's a caveat to it. So if I'm fishing to win tournaments and feed my family, that's still a sport. I'm not keeping the fish. I'm not harvesting what I catch, but I'm using it to generate money and not necessarily for enjoyment. That's still a sport. It's still, that's still the sport part of it. Yeah. Because you're doing It's it feeding my family indirectly. I'm not feeding them with fish, but I'm feeding them with tournament. Not Man, me. Not me. Are you one of those guys that uses that excuse? What? We already said you've lost money. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, I lost thousands more than I. Yeah. No, made. we got. We used to have this guy in our community, and if you took a picture <clears throat> of of a nice fish in any area, he was coming after you and saying, "You're blowing up my spot because I use that spot to feed my family, to put food on the table." <laughs> we all knew he was full of shit. But I'm not saying you're full of shit, Armando. But I'm saying <laughs> we already. <laughs> We already established the fact that we're losing money doing this. <laughs> yeah. We're not making money off of fishing. Yeah. We are no, making uh, enjoyment in our life. About, just just uh, watch yeah, it, Chris, because Armando wanted to do an episode swap. So he wanted to come on our show first. <laughs> that way, if he didn't I'm enjoy it, he's like, screw you well, guys. You're not coming on my show. I will. By tell the you, way, I'm, let me tell you something. before I, I have to get this out of my chest. For two guys that I've heard, because I've listened to the Pilotless Playbook, that whine and complain about guests not returning their calls, guests blowing them up. You two are full of it. Because I, for the last three years, have been messaging both of you to come to my podcast, and I get crickets. One time, I Drew told me, okay, we're going to set it up, and the day we're going to set up, nothing happened. So I'm going to throw it out there. If, I'm if hoping you, you guys come to my podcast. If you messaged me on on (laughs) the crickets, they sound like chirping birds. You need a new cricket. Um, If you message me on on social media, I'm really sorry, man. I ignore most of that stuff that goes down. (laughs) I'm I'm on there very – I'm on there for selfish reasons. (laughs) It's to – Get my jollies off on 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 some of the bullshit that goes on on social. Just media. to piss off people. That's just about it. No, not to piss off people either, because I love people. <laughs> I love everyone, man. I have I, I have a great time with people. But it's just like something that we're going to talk about here, and I know we are going to talk about it. Is like I love to get on there and read. Um, very, and I'm a scroller too. I'm like a <laughs> on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Yeah. Um, especially when I'm sitting down to take a poop, man. It's just like constant <laughs> scrolling. But it's the uh, people getting so wound up 
yeah. about about things. And I just I love to just shake my head and, and sometimes they give me a laugh and a giggle. And usually once a day Drew will send me something. You won't believe what's happening over here. Um <laughs> You know, because he'll find something about some tournament that I that he wants me to hear about, and that's really what it is. It's just it's Facebook and Instagram, and a lot of these places have become a cesspool. TikTok has become more fun because there's no talk. There's no yeah. It's a lot of you can scroll all day long on TikTok. There's not very much agenda on TikTok. Yeah, no, nah, like, you can I, scroll I think all that, day but, long. But it's going to come. I mean, it's just like everything else with reels and everything else. Yeah. It's just going to be agenda. And I, I don't know. And, and, Chris, this has nothing to do with anything we talked about. But I sent you a message today and showed you a uh, what's coming up in my reels. I don't know what I searched on Google or what I searched <laughs> online. I don't know what I did. But all of a sudden, in all of my reels and on TikTok and everything, it's just filled with little people. And I don't know why <laughs> it's filled with videos you, and reels of little people. You have people. done something no to the algorithm. You have you done went to the dark web. Algorithm. I don't mm-hmm. know what I did. Like, for real, I have no Check clue. your kids, man. Check your kids. Mm. They don't have access to the computer. The computer is in our room because of that kind of stuff. Nobody, they got the, cell phones. You know what? It just hit me. You know what it is. My Google Chrome is under the Paddler's Playbook name. So I bet Chris has been <laughs> looking up little Wow, you, you see how that turned both have you? access to it. I've been, <laughs> Chris I've has been, been looking busted. it up. I've Chris been has busted, been looking man. up little, pe- little people porn, and that's why it keeps <laughs> popping up in my... TikTok in my reels for some How long reason, have you been waiting to people. say that? All day long? No, I literally just I looked up at the top right of my screen as we're recording and I saw the Paddler's Playbook logo and I'm like, oh, we're logged into my Paddler's Playbook deal here on Thank Chrome. Thank goodness so, I can show you right now if I go to my Google Chrome on my phone. Please don't. It is only no, logged yeah, in. No. It is only logged in as myself. Dude, no, I will show know. you my history too. You know what, what's been on there lately? Uh, little people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what it is right there. You talk about little people. Oh but, man. Chris, you said you, you said you had some rants. You wanted to, you wanted to talk about some, okay. some YouTube so, stuff. Let's talk Armando, about some tournament talk and, Armando, and things did you, like that. Did you happen to see Drew's uh post today? No. Um, who's who's your favorite YouTubers, fishing YouTubers, or was it just YouTubers? In it general? was just who's your favorite fishing YouTubers? I mean, I'm I'm okay. trying to get guests for next year. You know, get some get some ideas of who and people listen to or who they might want to see on the show. Here's where I struggle the most, honestly, in my career too. Um, when I first started my career, I was trained by um, Apollo Crewman. Okay, people that actually worked on Apollo missions and the next generation that came up after me, they no longer had those people to train them. So I can't, I have a hard time interfacing with this younger generation that's coming up. And I don't, I don't know how old you are, Armando. I know how old Drew is. And sometimes this generation X that, that I'm in, um, sort of bleeds into both sides, right? What um, years are Generation X? Uh, like 
65 or 64. To Generation X? Yeah. No. You're, 1969? That's a baby boomer. No. No, that's baby. No, not baby boomers, but no, not Generation oh, X. Oh, yeah. No. Not, I know it's it's a, quite a bit before 77. Um, Gen X, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, 1965, dude. Really? 65 Gen X to what? is 65 to 84. Really? Lord, Gen that's X. a long time. That's 20-something years. And I'm 84, yeah. so we're Gen X. Yeah. Right, right. No, I can. I included you as as a Gen Xer, okay? Okay. Um, but sometimes Gen Xers will bleed off to to the um, the millennial side, okay? And and in in saying that, and even some uh, older Gen Xers will bleed over into that side, and it's because we sort of came up in the advent of technology, and um seeing things like atari become nintendo and nintendo become sega and sega become sony you know PlayStation. playstation um and at some point though it irks me it drives me absolutely bonkers that a full-grown man will spend his time and I, this is going to go against the freaking grain and i'm going to get some shit for it i know i am but I really don't care. It bothers me when grown men play video games. <laughs> I have, I kind of agree with that. And there, but here's here's the reason. I commit myself, and I have so many obligations um, in my life and in my everyday. Uh, like I can't. What do I do for enjoyment? You know, when my work day is over, I go outside and freaking work on trees, and you know work on building some shit and you know milling wood and doing go stuff fishing. like that go fishing hell yeah um amen right there man i fish you know somebody asked me the other day uh somebody that i used to coach with and coaching used to be like my mega outlet right i would still do that today um and but one of the guys that i used to coach with he's like man are you fishing a lot lately i said dude i fish almost every single day and and he's just like dude i can't believe it i'm like i love it so much but yeah so the the so what is it about being, it what, what what is it about video games though I, what, I, what do you well, not like about it because it's the same it's the may same I add this? thing as kayak fishing it's a, it's a it's actively not, relaxing activity when you let play me, video games this. you can only concentrate on the video game you're playing like there's nothing else that you can do so it takes you away into a different place than where it you is physically video games, and social media, um, video games, social media, um, computers in general. You know, when when in 1995, when the Internet started to blow up and people started realizing that this thing called Google existed and they were like, oh, my gosh, I can spend all day long on Google reading about equestrianism. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you've lost a whole day reading about something that has nothing to do with your day-to-day -day life. Um, they spent uh, okay, a whole day um, learning, though. Like, you're mad that they were learning. No, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm well, just, not, I, it you don't blows understand my mind. they were learning. Yeah. It blew okay. my mind that they, were, that they would spend all day, um, you know, sitting on there reading about, you know, one specific thing. But, but here's, here's what, what I'm trying to get to my point. Okay, the video game thing, it irks me. Grown men shouldn't play video games. That's just me, Okay. 
grown men, you're okay to play video games if that's your release that's, from the world. No, you're fine. That, you're fine. If Do that you... keeps you from being a butthole at the grocery store and everything else, <laughs> because you you know you played your video games and you got everything out of your system that you needed to get out from your day to day life. Whatever you, keeps absolutely, you from being man. a butthole out in public I please just, do that please go I, enjoy whatever it is that you am want to I, do. is it okay that i disagree with it no no it's okay that you no, don't no, no, understand no, no. it, <laughs> it but, all right no, how no, did no, we I, get to this rabbit hole i just want to know what are you guys talking about fishing like i think chris i think well, it's okay to not understand why there. somebody <laughs> enjoys that but i can't like i would not let it bother me like you say it irks you like I wouldn't let it yeah. bother me that grown men play video games. I just can say like, I, I, didn't I don't say understand. That it bothered it. me. I said I said I believe that grown men shouldn't play video games. You said it. You did. You said it. You said it irked you that grown men play video. No, games. you. And not only the way you said it, like the hand gesture. Made okay. it seem like well, you because I was it. really trying to get to the other point. The okay, other sorry, point sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's so, get to the other point. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. That was the preface. <laughs> that was the preface to it all. All right. Next comes the absolute ridiculousness of being addicted to watching YouTube. I don't get it. That's their release. That's well, hold up. I, release, hold up. Man. Let me. Let me. Let me. First of all, I. I get what you're saying about the the playing games. As an adult, I don't play games unless I'm helping out a nephew or something. And we, you know, he needs some time to, you know, that's fine. That's that's different. You're doing it for the kids, just like my dad to be fishing. But I don't hate anybody that's so like if you want to do it, like Drew said, that gets you out of doing being a bad person. Do it. I don't care. He said um, a butthead. Yeah. At the yeah, because I don't want. I'm trying not to cuss. I'm trying not to cuss as much because <laughs> the kids are getting a little bit older, and I have to be a better but role model. I'll tell you cussing. about this. You should play my more wife, video games with them. My wife gets on my case because of this. When we were watching TV, she's like, "What do you want to watch?" I immediately go into YouTube. TV, right now, TV's junk. I don't. I mean, I'm. I sound like my old man. I know I sound like an old man. I know I'm turning into my father, but there's, there's some really, good series. There's some there. good. There's some good series, but for the most I part, I watched so, Forged in Fire and uh, lots of stuff on History Channel. So, so there's some stuff, but for the most part, and that's the other thing, you have to now have like a whole bunch of different services to watch different channels, uh, different TV shows. Like you have to pay fifteen dollars because you love this TV show on this platform. Another fifteen for the other. But anyways, I digress. I do love YouTube, but I do it for like. Listen, I don't want to wait around for Stephen A. Smith to shut up so we can sh so I can see the highlights of my favorite team playing. And I don't want to listen to Stephen A. Smith rant about the Lakers or Kyrie because that gets I'm tired of it. So I go to YouTube, game highlights, my favorite team. Let me see the highlights. That's it. I get my highlights without getting political opinions, without getting social political opinions, because I don't care about that. Just because you're a great athlete doesn't mean that I'm going to value your opinion more than somebody that actually works for social injustice. You know, that's what irks me all the time. I see this and that's why I don't watch TV all that much because now it's full of everything is sequestered by political parties or social political issues. If, if I have a, if I have, hold up, hold up, I'm, it's my turn. It's my turn to go to. No! <laughs> you want me to mute? If I, I got if I have, mic. if I have a dilemma in my conscience about some social political issue, I'll go 
to people I trust, to my elders, to the people I trust, and ask them, hey, I view this, but I realize not everybody views it that way. I want to get your point of view. That's it. I don't turn into athletes. Not that I'm the shut up and dribble kind of guy. I'm great if you expressing your opinion. I'm just saying, I don't know you. Just because you're great at your sport doesn't mean you should be my conscience in social political or political I don't have uh, to aspirations to, to that. Yeah. You can keep talking, so, but uh, I don't have to agree or listen. Yeah. So I watch YouTube because I have control of what I want to watch. If I want to see sports and I want to see my game highlights and I don't want to talk about social political issues, I go to YouTube, click on, give me the my favorite team highlights, and that's it. I can watch it. If I want to get, like in my job for home inspections, if I want to get more information on HVAC or foundations or stuff like that, I go to YouTube. I can click on a video and watch it. If I want to learn about whatever it is that I want to learn, I want to entertain myself with it, I can go directly. That's a beautiful YouTube. I don't have to watch the commercials. Well, there's always a few commercials, but I can just get to the nitty gritty of the information that I need. So I'm a huge YouTube uh, bench watcher, but it's because I want the information and I don't want to deal with all the other crap. So I'm going directly to that clip that's going to show me that information. That's a fantastic um, example yeah. of, of why you would use YouTube. And uh, not everybody uses it that way. And you know Oh, no, what? I'm just saying myself. I, I, Drew knows me, and he knows <clears throat> that I'm just really in it to ruffle some feathers sometimes. And... <laughs> So everybody started, I mean, this list got really long, Armando. Like there was a lot of people commenting and it was like this YouTuber, this YouTuber, this YouTuber, this YouTuber, this one's my favorite. You should watch this one. No, you should watch this one. And the list just kept going on and on. I'm going, I just can't wait for the day for YouTube to just die. Why? <laughs> There's a lot of good information but, on YouTube. I, like, Let me, let I, me. Let I me but hold on. Money let me by do, YouTube. No, let me understand it, this, Chris. You asked a question. You got the social. You got the platform where people listen to you and cater to what you ask, and then you get upset because they did exactly what you told them to do. Wait, no, <laughs> I I lost that whole entire string of of thought. Um, I didn't ask the question. Drew asked the question. Oh, you asked the question of who's your favorite I asked YouTuber? the question because yeah. I'm okay, looking my bad. to get guests I just for saw, next year. I just, and so I'm like going, damn, this is a lot of people like spending their day, you know, watching YouTubers. And honestly, all right, so I've never really, there are some people out there that make content that make me laugh, okay? They create content that makes me laugh. And so I might pull up one of their things here and there just to get a quick chuckle. But there's no way in the in the world I'm waiting for their next video to drop. Oh no. Um, I don't. and and I don't go seek out, you know, their their uh, approval? No, not their approval, but their their content on the daily. Um, and but, but like, there's nothing wrong with waiting for a podcast to drop and seeking out podcasts. Yeah, like episodes. you're, you're judging, <laughs> you're judging like the there's people. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. That, Chris no, is not talking about that. So you would be upset if somebody's like, "Man, I can't wait for the next part of this playbook to blow up." Man, I can't wait to listen I look to at, it. You I would judge it a little person? bit differently, but no, I was actually going to get around to that um, that same exact thing. I think is, that's just the difference between a creator's mind and like a consumer's mind. But go ahead. You kind of, Chris, you're talking about the person that you can never make happy. Is that true, Drew? No, he's <laughs> happy. I'm happy all the time. Happy, 
people think the, I'm on drugs at work. Chris, Chris, <laughs> they're killing you in the comments, dude. Matt Murphy's like, I, I, I'm a YouTube watcher, and uh, well, that's Dawn is saying Chris is the the kid that kicked the, kicked the ant beds, and Austin said that you got the magnifying glass after that. Screw, to kill screw the ant beds. Yeah, I, I, I can't even I can't even imagine how one of your followers or listeners are right now. Like, oh, dude, that's this opinion. Let me put it on, and then like, oh, Chris is killing me right now. Chris is totally judging me for doing uh, no, exactly what Drew asked me to do. Is it really <laughs> judging? I think I think it's, it's kind of sounds judgmental. I, I um, think Chris, you just you have to change your wording. Like you can't say that it bothers you or it irks you. Just say I don't then understand do it. Yeah, there's, just there's say a, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> it. There was a lot that started to surface whenever I saw all of these people like consuming their day with with different YouTube people that they're they're uh, somehow attached to and so then these things like i'm like I'm like damn if people would just get the frick away from the the computer get the frick away from their phone get outside and do some shit other than than watching youtube videos and playing damn video games you know what there'd be a lot of things that get done rather than people becoming flat assed everywhere that they walk around you okay, realize so, you just sounded like everybody's dad right now. So let me let me give you <laughs> everybody's dad. Let me give you the the grumpy old man Jesus translation. Christ. You know what? Maybe grumpy. maybe maybe I I I'll be your daddy and come there and spank your ass. Hey, watch your language, sir. Watch I will not watch my snickup language. You can hear my snickup language. Look, where's my beat button? There's a beat. Go button ahead and on mute here. me, man. Mute mute. But, uh, Chris, I, I, I think what you're trying to say here, but you're just not doing a really good job of getting it through without the grumpy old man talk, is you don't understand how people can stay inside, can be in front of a TV screen, can be in front of a computer monitor or a TV Whenever they have the opportunity to get out in nature, they have the opportunity to go fish. They have the opportunity. You have an you opportunity know, to, to do improve anything. their yard and things like that. Like that, that I agree. you just don't yeah. understand it. Why do you? Why do you think like I get pissed off when you want to take up more than one fucking hour of my time during the week? <laughs> Chris is upset. Look, he's the drop. Like, he really is. Boss. I'm not. He's not joking. I'm afraid right now. You're gonna you're gonna have to do some editing to this shit. I'm not even kidding. But let me tell you, we're live. We're about to get a Facebook ban. Uh, Facebook can ban me all they want to. Chris, Chris is Chris is upset about this. Yeah. So, so Chris, well, do you want to talk? About seems like underlying issues here. Shane said he thinks you're about to quit the podcast. Shane, I might for tonight. <laughs> he may be no, but but. I, I, Chris, I think you're upset, but I think me and Armando both agree with you. Like, we yes. don't understand how people can sit in front of a TV all the time. When, whenever they can get out and do something like fishing, they can get out and do something like hunting, yeah. they can get out and get outdoors and do stuff. I don't understand it at all. Like, I, I watch you TV from like and you're gonna make no deal about it. <laughs> We're not making we a big deal. We are. <laughs> We're not making a big deal. We, we, we agree with you. We're just saying, like, mm. the way that you're putting it forth to everybody could be a little more subtle. That's it. Look, you little shits. The video <laughs> games are for the kids. 
Leave the video games alone. That that what I agree about, with. That what about I agree board with. games. What about board games? We were just talking to Mike about the the Basquatch you, game. Is board are board games okay? Wow. <laughs> are we are we turning them into drinking games? Because then it's okay. Oh gosh. So you can, we're gonna you do can get shots? drunk playing a board game, but do not play Call of Duty. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. I have all. no interest in playing Call of Duty. Since you're this fired up, you want you want to talk about tournaments? I know we've been we've been trying to wait. Yeah, I can eat a dick. How about that? Oh one? God! Now Jesus! Now I'm gonna have to edit that. <laughs> like for real. Let's see. One twenty eight is where where I'm gonna have to edit. They don't even know what I'm talking about. Who? I mean, there could be a billion packs out there. No, look. Um, you you want to talk tournament talk? Uh. Go ahead and start with Armando. Uh, okay, well then we'll we'll go to Ar- Armando. Go ahead. Um, there's there's been a big talk about changes in rules, you know, yeah. changes everything going on. Like, yeah, let's get down to what what would Armando like to see? Like, what rule changes would you like to see for next year? And then I want to know, you know, if they do make those changes, a lot of a lot of stuff's going to change, but. There's a lot of saltwater guys that are getting into the sport, and mm-hmm. you started doing some of the natural, natural, some of the national trails this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to get some tips on doing some national trails. But first, like, what what type of rule changes would you like to see? Uh, first and foremost, uh, launch areas. I think it's gotten out of hand, and I understand um, a lot of anglers say like, "Hey, we're." We like to fish out of creeks and, you know, this is our style. I get that. But this is, right now, National Trolls are paying $10,000 to winners. Um, in total, they go up to, like, the TLC right now is paying, I think, $45,000 to the first place. When, now it's not just a group of friends just trying to, you know, outduel each other. Now there's real money. When you start letting people do whatever they want and don't hold them accountable, um, when you got somebody that's fishing 20 miles out of, a, of the main lake, the lake that you as a tournament director chose, and you got somebody fishing 20 miles out in an isolated creek that is full of, uh, of laydowns that make it almost impossible to go through without bridging, which is one of your rules, that's a problem. And that needs to change. And I think, I think that to let me finish with that. So I think the main thing about it is have everybody launch from a public ramp. Now there are things that you know you can be flexible. It doesn't have to be uh, all lakes. A lot of people complain. Well, the, the lake, the ramp is going to be too crowded. Well, it's up to the tournament director to pick a lake big enough that holds enough for 150 to 100 anglers and has enough boat ramps. Um, that's on the tournament director. Um, but the, the, it can't be all gone ho without any rules and and just because when it gets to this level where there's ten thousand dollars on the line i get it it's a sport for me i'm not interested in the money if i catch a check of ten thousand dollars believe me i'm gonna love it but to me it's more about competing against other anglers but the reality is you put that amount of money people are gonna start doing shady stuff to get away with it. We saw it on the walleye tournament. It's a matter of time before tournament uh, anglers decide, hey, kayak fishing, they're paying $10,000 and their rules are a joke. Like I can go 20 miles out of the lake 
when nobody else is going to be even near me, not even 10 miles near me, dude, there's going to point a point where somebody's going to get 10 pet bass and it says tournament time, I'm going to launch 20 miles up a creek, I'm going to take my fish with those 10 pet bass and I'm going to catch a check. It's a matter of time. If it hasn't happened, it's a matter of time when it's going to happen. I'm not saying the person that in questions uh, lately did that. But what I'm saying is it has to be regulations. I understand some people say, oh, I love fishing on creeks. Fine. Do it for, for do it for fun. But when it comes to tournaments, I'm not saying you have to fish. You can't fish a creek that's on a tournament. But we have to be all in the same body of water, not 20 miles out with a bunch of laydowns uh, obstructing that 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 creek. That that is ridiculous. So you you think it is a better way to um, approach it, as in not making the limits of the lake a little smaller, making the launch points more, yeah, you know, making the launch points smaller, making it almost like you have to check in at one of these launch points. After you launch, you can go as far as you want to go. Like, well, you want if you can make it twenty miles up the creek from launching at the same place as me, so be it. Just go. You can go. You just don't want it to be, like you said, like they can launch from any may or may not be a public access just on the side of the road. Because I, I, yeah. I heard you mention like somebody dropping somebody off on the side of the road and then go park yeah. in the truck somewhere else. Like, yeah. That that's not a public access launch yeah so you want it to be there is just everyone has to launch from these five launches on the lake and they have to check in and however far you can go go who cares but you've got to launch from right here i'm like to me i view it as and i've like the way i approach the the uh the growing the brand it's not about me only i understand there's going to be different point of views i see it that way because I'm taking in consideration the anglers like to Gregory who love to fish at creeks. So to me, fine, go fish that creek, but lunch, you know, from the main lake, like we all do. And if you want to put, you know, your physical attributes into and, and take the max out of your physical attributes and go up the creek and you're able to catch them and come back to your, to the launch point, do it. That's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Now, the other idea is, to just have set boundaries. I'm okay with that one too, but I understand that that is gonna- It's gonna be hard piss, to enforce. It's gonna, it's gonna piss off a lot of anglers like Duke Gregory, who's like, wait a minute, I love fishing on creeks and now you're putting a boundary that I can't go up the creek. So I'm all in favor of just having, making as many people happy. You can't always make people happy, but I think regulations either launch from the, from, uh, uh, the main lake and work yourself up as far as you want to do and come back to that main spot or put uh, boundaries. Either one is fine with me. But taking into consideration anglers that like to fish at Creek, I think establishing um, public launch uh, ranches, um, launches and letting them go up Creek as far as they want is, is a good way to do it. So do you think that there should be a smaller cap on some of these tournaments, if you're going to make everybody launch from the same location, I mean, well, not necessarily the same location. You can have a lake with five, six different boat ramps. But if and you remember, have a, if you have 175 people in that tournament and you're launching from five different places, I mean, you got 30 something people at each launch. Like there and, has and, to be at least that many. Well, here's the thing: 
when you're in a kayak, you don't necessarily have to launch from the ramp. You can just say each launch has a part. Just say, hey, you have to launch from this part. Okay. So you can, so for those anglers that um, like have a lighter kayak and don't have, have a trailer, so you, have you can launch areas. From, you have yeah, five they, areas to yeah, launch yeah, for. Not yeah, you exactly, don't have, yeah. In my head, I'm thinking like everybody has to launch from these two lanes on these five boat ramps. And, and it happens right now. Launch areas, okay. Look at a Lone Star um, throwdown. Lone Star throwdown had a hundred and something anglers. Um, half of them launched for one boat ramp. And hey, I, I had to wait my turn, but if people complain about that. Get there early. Even if it's 30 people launching from that boat ramp, if you get there early enough, you're gonna have enough time to do it. It's not like it's gonna take you hours to launch. People always complain too much, oh, it's gonna be crowded. Yeah, that's part of fishing. But if you get there early enough and you set up, you're gonna be able to launch before um, lines out. Um, and again, not every kayak angler, it has to use the boat ramp. If you have a lighter kayak, you can just you know launch from the grass or from adjacent areas from the boat ramp. And if you think about it, only like 5% of these kayak anglers actually launch on a creek. More than the vast majority still launch from the boat ramp. So if you have a tournament that's 200 anglers and now you tell them you have to launch from the launch, you're really just adding 10 or 12 more that are gonna be launching at the boat ramp or, or the ramp area that would have otherwise launched from a creek. Because not everybody's doing what Drew Gregory's doing. In, 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 by, by that I mean launching from creeks not the other stuff that happened. Um, so it's not really adding that much people because the mass majority already launched public boat ramps. They're already launching from those areas. Yeah. Chris, man, you, you have any, any rule changes you would like to see on the saltwater side for, for anything coming up? Um, I know, I know one thing though, you, you would like to see consistent rules throughout the deal. complete tournament series, not, like we're going to name any names. You've already named Here enough. <laughs> is the deal on the salt side, man. Um, I don't give a crap what your tournament rules look like. I don't give a crap about your boundaries that you want to set. But what I do give a crap about is setting those rules and those boundaries ahead of time and not changing them. Yeah, that's another one. And we've had we've had some uh, tournament directors in this area. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, um, but quit doing uh, that. You're going to make what? we're going to get sued. We're going to get sued, Chris. But go ahead. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but it, it, what really irks me about this one particular event is that this person likes to get up on his soapbox um, anytime these rules or um, uh, these changes to events are, are whenever they happen and, and somebody challenges them, the dude likes to get up on his soapbox and call everybody out. doesn't matter who it is. And he doesn't take into consideration the people that he's calling out are actually the people who are at the very part of the first part of this episode. We talked about it, growing the sport, the people who are growing actually the doing the most for growing the sport. He is not necessarily growing the sport. I'm on that soapbox now. Um, quick, real quick, George, Chris, I interrupt. 
my battery is running out. I have to switch oh, to my phone. Oh, you should have thought about this before <laughs> we started. <laughs> give me five minutes and I'll be, yeah. because I'm not in my house. So give me five minutes and I'll log back in. But you'll keep going. I'll keep listening. I just so have to Chris use my phone. Chris has got five minutes worth of rant. So go yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm getting all these thumb, these, uh, somebody is really throwing some thumbs up there. Ha ha. Getting a lot of likes off of that one. So, you know, the people that are actually growing the sport all along the coastline at which he wants to become a part of, um, telling people that, you know, you're not the elite that we want in our event. You're not the best. You're not the champions that we want in our event. Getting Dude. mad because people who aren't fishing the event would like to have updates on the event because they plan to fish the next one. Like, why are you, you know, doing stuff like that? Well, picking picking your battles is not something that some tournament directors are good at. Um, they want every battle because, honestly, they're narcissists, and and they they feel like they have to control every part of the situation no matter what the situation may be. Ones that don't want to grow the community are narcissists. They're they're just worried yeah. about their bottom dollar and, and yeah, the they're worried about their exposure. They're worried exactly. about their bottom dollar. They're worried about their name, not necessarily the sport at all. And those of you that are listening right now, history repeats itself. It's inevitable, okay. And as soon as people start to forget about what happened to them in the past, that evil spirit, that just abomination of of an of, of evil person can rear their head right back up. I mean, there's so many choice words I want to use that Let's it's hard just to say, find. So. Don said it good. Little Napoleons are everywhere. They are. But the thing is, is that you guys f- either forgot what happened in the past or you choose to ignore it because something rather significant happened with this event like two, three years ago. And for some reason, nobody's talking about it and that's fine. You know what? I do want to fish these events because I want to take other people's money, right? I don't want to fish these events to be a part of, of his no, I don't care to grow his event nah, at all. Nah, but I, I just want to go just to take people's money. Um, well, and but plus, after after this last one, like I don't even want to fish his events anymore. After after the last, it's going to be hard, debacle, bro. And, and and I'm not talking about a, a certain somebody who was mad because he they wouldn't let him fish because of the outrage from sponsors and all that other stuff. I'm not talking about that one. But I'm talking about. Dustin Nichols uh, and them who could not make it to the meetup that was supposed to be had for this tournament because Dustin works nights. And if he does tournaments sometimes, he gets off work at night, they go fish, and then they go to weigh-ins. Well, but they here's wanted the him deal. to make it to the launch by that time. Here's the deal. That wasn't in the rules whenever he signed up. If it, it were in not, the rules whenever he signed up, they wouldn't then have signed up. They wouldn't have signed up. Um, but there are tournament directors out there on the Gulf Coast that – are doing v- their their very best to help uh, the kayak community grow the sport, and we need more good tournament directors, um, and and we need some buybacks of some events. Okay, somebody needs some t- to take some damn events back. 
Um, the names of those events are under people that are not ever going to um, effectively grow uh, what we're trying to do here on the, the Gulf Coast. And the problem, though, ultimately, okay, guys, and listen to this, because this is the very serious issue with um, with tournaments out of kayaks fishing for inshore species. Okay, this is the ultimate problem. Sponsors. Okay, and why can't you get sponsors? Because the competition that the sponsors have to, are, are uh, you know, fighting against are bait fishermen. Okay, the, the guys that go down to the coast for the weekend to spend time with their family, they're... They're not concerned about learning how to fish artificials, and tournaments are artificial only, unless they're average Joe. Those uh, the ter- the sponsors are what really helps grow the sports, and you cannot get sponsorships in coastal series, man. It's just almost impossible. We we do have some. I mean, there there's some good sponsorships. Um, there's some good tournaments, but I think Dude. like the difference in Galveston Red Series is Armando's back. Put him up okay. here on the screen because I need I'll to ask him a question. question. Armando. Armando. Ooh, we got bad audio. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we kind of got some bad audio, but um, yeah. What does it Sorry take? About that. I had to it... move to a car. <laughs> he's really into this man he's look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go off i've already made my good tv for the evening um so we're uh, already an hour and 45 minutes into this so this, this so, will be our little last segment look what does it take to get a thirty thousand dollar pot at the end of an event what because, do you mean sponsorship because a buy-in to that event costs how much to me what, which one are we talking about because there's I'm just different saying, I'm just saying, any event, if somebody's collecting a $30,000 check at the end, okay, what does it take to be able to generate that $30,000 check? So, like, the Hobie BOS, um, what they do, Hobie BOS is pretty much the premier bass fishing, kayak fishing tournament. That's the most popular one. That's the most where, you know, quote-unquote, the hammers, the national trails. Now, they may fish other ones like ABF and Bassmaster. But Hobie BOS, the TLC, is the, the premier one. Okay, the way so they run it is... I want to do the math just really quickly. So how much... What payout are you looking at it, at those? Like, how much money are they giving away total? Do you total? Think? You're talking about, like, at, first, second, third, and prizes? Yeah. TLC is paying $100,000 this year. Okay. 45 goes to the first place, and the rest trickles down up to the top 10, I think. Okay, what is TLC? So the Tournament TLC. of Champions. Tournament yeah. of Champions. So how and they had that capped at one seventy five, right? Or is it two hundred? What do you mean? The, like, how many anglers? The, the participation, the yeah. Oh, there's 50 only anglers. fifty in that one, but they don't have to pay, right? Yes, they do have to pay. Okay, so you're saying fifty anglers. So that would be like them having to pay two thousand dollars a piece, which that's okay. Not, well, that's that's not happening. Like what, no, that's what and that's what I was going to. So what the Hobie BOS is, they'll, they pay out 100% of their tournaments, but they don't pay out 100% on each trail. So what they do is part 
and I don't know the exact number, but part of that money, let me turn the light on here, part of that money from the trails throughout the year is going to be taken off the top and put into the TOC. So plus what they pay the entry fee for the TOC. And I think the entry fee for the TOC is just over $300, something like that. I'm not exactly sure. It's a little bit more expensive. But more than half the money comes from the money they have collected from the nine trails throughout the season. Okay, let's, so let's say 50000 of it comes from a collection of off the top from previous events. Yeah. But then, okay, there are other events, not the Tournament of Champions, that have $30,000 checks. No. So, um, so, oh, for one individual? Yeah. No. I mean, not, I mean, I see people getting $30,000 checks a lot. They're like ten grand. Like if you win, no, ten one grand. Of the, yeah, yeah. If you win one of the ten, the ten grand's a pretty good payday too. Ten grand. But yeah. what what does it take to get ten to get a payout of ten grand? Two hundred anglers on the Hobie BOS and Bassmaster as well. Bassmaster. Okay, so here's the difference. Hobie BOS. This is why a lot of people love it. They're not a tournament organization. They're a manufacturing company that is using their tournament as a publicity stunt. So their advertising budget, they use as, instead of putting commercials and all that, which they do as well, but they're saying like, if we create a tournament that pays for itself, then we're gonna have all the money go into the anglers. So remember, they don't, they don't make money out of tournaments. They just use it to up their brand and put their brand as the, you know, the best the kind elite. fishing yeah, brand. Because if you're bass talking about the elite, ba elite bass tournaments, it's the Hobie yeah. tournaments. Therefore, yeah. you correlate the elite tournaments must yeah. mean Hobie has the elite kayak. I mean, it, exactly. it goes hand in hand. So Bassmaster is a tournament organization. So their way of making money is we're going to take some of the entry fees for our pockets, and then we're going to take the sponsorship money from our sponsors, and they keep them to themselves. Hobie BOS is like, we're breaking even. And whatever's left off from the sponsors, we're going to put it on the Tournament of Champions. Because they're not trying to make money. They just want to make sure their brand stays. Uh-oh. Oh, I think we lost them. But they're, okay, they're not so, making money. Okay, so back. That, that's just it, okay? Who, who are you on the – who are you going to have on the saltwater side – to actually do something like that. You know, Hobie hasn't stepped up to the plate to do that. Honestly, because they are they're succeeding way too much with BOS. Okay? Their success there warrants no reason for them to split off and create a whole nother series in in the salt. But um but here's the thing, Chris. You just heard Armando say 175 anglers. Two hundred anglers are signing up for this tournament. Yeah, we, we have you been lucky to get fifty to seventy-five anglers for a. Do you want to get tournament. over a hundred? Do you want to get over a hundred anglers for a tournament? What do you have to do on the saltwater side? Fifty dollars a buy-in. Exactly, and what are the current tournaments buy-ins? How much did it cost to, to fish GRS per team? One fifty. 
150 so that's 75 dollars a person so that's they won't over be 150 next year by the way i know it's gonna it's gonna go up so if, if we want to increase this i mean the lone star kayak series back circa 19 i mean 2018 2017 2016 there were times when there was 125 people signed yep. up for those tournaments 150 people signed up for those tournaments what do we have to do to get back there chris like why are we not there now what what has happened on the saltwater side i i, I don't know like i really don't know it's it's because there is more i believe there is more recreation to the sport here on the coastal region than there is um you know people wanting to compete there but do you think that's our, changed since five years our, ago? Our sport is dominated. No. what? Okay, five years ago, all right, five <laughs> years ago, I went to fish a tournament in Florida. There were 1,500 anglers at that event. It was a mixture of kayaks, boats, offshore, inshore, you name it. It was huge, three days. At the same time, Lone Star Kayak Series, who had a fantastic tournament director at the time. Um, actually, it was more than five years ago. It was probably seven years ago, six or seven years ago. And you're talking about they Dustin, had, back when Dustin th was running. They it. had over 100, I believe it was 140 participants. And that was for every tournament that year. There was over 100 that signed up for every yeah, tournament that but year. But that's, again, a $50 tournament. The payouts were 30 places down the board. Yeah, it was the top 25% got paid out. So that means most people were just getting their entry fee back. That is not a very serious tournament. That's not that's not going to draw, um, you know. It drew 150 people. I mean, if you're a sponsor. Because it, it's it $50. Yeah, it, so which is more important, having a higher payout if you're a sponsor do you want to be a part of a higher payout or do you want more people at the tournament that are going to talk about your name hear about your name and everything else i think i think that's where you know there, there's some give and take between hey we want higher payouts for the elite but everybody else just wants to be a part of the tournament and a part Here's, of the scene and, and I, they i'm going to keep saying it. it here's frank Frank says advertising. We don't see as much saltwater Woo! tournament content or dialogue. It's mostly bass fishing. But, Frank, but Frank, there's is a that reason. Because of sponsors? Because is, of sponsors. Oh, Frank Provolone. Our, our, our industry, our coastal industry, our fishing industry on the coast is dominated by people who would prefer to buy a dozen shrimp to go fishing. I, I'm sorry. I was looking at the comments. I don't have a comment on that. <laughs> I was, well, I was reading think, Max's comment. I'm not a saltwater angler, but I would imagine, too, when you think about it, you know, we have 50 states to fish bass fishing. You know, when you think about it, it's how many people, what's the population of saltwater kayak anglers? And I think, a, and, I, and again, I'm not a saltwater kayak angler, although I love this point. I want to get into it. But I think a lot of them also may be just saying, hey, wait a minute, I can do the bass fishing and it's probably a lot, a lot simpler in, a, in the sense that it's more organized. 
So they're more willing to say, let me spend more. I've talked to a few kayak anglers that started um, saltwater and then decided, you know, I'm going to bass fishing for tournaments because it's better organized and I don't have enough money or time to do both. And I think that I've had a few say that. But and there's I don't know. more. There's more of them. Like there's yeah. more tournaments for you to go fish. Like with with when Lone Star Kayak Series was rolling, there was Lone Star Kayak Series. Chris, there was what Rudy's was going. Um, Elite was rolling back then. Like there was there was a couple different kayak series, and more people were fishing those. Last year, you had. Saltwater Survival Series in our area, and you had GRS. Like, that was it. There was no other tournament series that were worth fishing. Um, I think uh, Rudy's just, was pretty awesome. Rudy's, I think. When, Ru- when they had Rudy's, but we had when's the last every, time there's been a Rudy's? Yeah, well, um, you know what happened? Um, the field insisted on a pro-level um, event. And and what I what I mean by the field, I mean the top of the field. Honestly, insisted on a pro level or an elite level event, and all the other guys said, "Nah, not into it." Um, at the elite level or at the pro level, a lot of times you're forced to pay your entry fees up front, so you have to pay that entire series, you know, in one lump sum, um, and it that takes a lot of the anglers out of that situation. They won't be able to do that. You know, some guys, they want to be able to compete, but they want to be able to compete on a budget. You know, they only got 50 bucks to go out there and, and, and lay down. Um, I hate gambling, man. I will not go to a casino. Um, because I, like I hate playing craps. So I like, gambling, I, but go ahead. I do not like, it's like sitting down playing a video game, man. Um, <laughs> here, here we go again. Oh God. <laughs> Chris is going to start cussing. My money is pretty important to me, and um, it's, it shows that I've actually thought highly of my money because now I can do a lot that I wasn't able to do five, six, seven, ten years ago. Um, and now I can, you know, put forth, you know, a, a $3,000 entry fee if I wanted to for a pro-level event. But my brothers that go out there and fish with me, at these events, only like 10% of them can really go out there and do that. The other 85, 90% of these people can't drop three G's um, and guarantee to be able to fish those events. So we lost Rudy's because of that. What's the um, highest entry fee right now, Armando, for, for any tournament that you fished in the past two years? Are we talking about a like a tournament of champions, like just a any, final, like a any or, period, just any tournament? National trail, two hundred and sixty-five is the minimum you're going to pay. Well, KBF is, might be a little bit cheaper. Okay, what about the local trails? I think the I've only fished. Well, no, I fished uh, Slay Nation and I fished Northeast Texas, and I think it's the highest I paid is seventy-five dollars. So so what, what what's the sweet spot for you? Like are are just I mean as a everyday normal fisherman, tournament fisherman like me, like Chris, like what what what's the sweet spot for how much you want 
how much would you like to see entry fees be where you're like, okay, I'm definitely going to sign up for that one before you have I don't to think like, about it? Like, eh, I don't know if I can make that at $325. I mean, I wouldn't do a $325 unless it was the Tournament of Champions, the TOC, just because, well, you got to think it's $45,000 if we're in first place and it's, you got one out of 50 cans instead of one out of 200, yeah. you know, kind of thing, which is what KBF National Championship is struggling right now because now, you know, there's like 400 entry fee and you have to compete against 200 people. That's a lot of money. Um, and the chances of winning, it's a lot less. So, I mean, it to me, it's really dependent on how many anglers are out there. If I don't want to pay $75 just so I can get first place and win $500. To me, that's, that's stupid. I'm willing to pay $75 if you have enough participants that I can get maybe two or $3,000 if I win first place. But if I'm going to win first place $500, I'm not going to pay $75 for that. That it, it it doesn't make sense, you know, and it's not about the money, but again, it's like I only have like $75 and only 10 cats are fishing it. That's not worth my time and money, you know? So it all depends on, to me, a national trail, I wouldn't pay $300. I would pay less 275. If it gets more than 275, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing it. Um, But then again, I'm not in there. It's, it's kind of, I know I'm contradicting myself, but it's not about the money. But at the same time, I don't want to pay that much money so I can compete against two or three guys, you know, and make $500 if I win. Yeah. So I, that, so it all depends, I guess. That's my. Chris, what's your, what's your, what's your sweet spot? Like, what would you like to see tournaments? Well, what would I like on, to see on tournaments? the saltwater tournaments? Like, Man. What, what price range is is your sweet spot where you see it and you don't have to think twice about it? I'm I'm good with three hundred bucks. A team you know? or just a single, just you? I'll, I mean, I'll fish if 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 I know there's going to be a pretty good field, um, and and we have. Well, I mean, you don't know that. You don't know. You don't know shit whenever you go into it. That's that's part of the problem is that you really don't know anything. And freshwater is a, so much easier because you know there's going to be – that field is going to get stacked fast, and mm -hmm. there's going to be good competition. So 300 bucks would be – 250 would be nothing to, to throw at it. I've got to throw $250, $300 at an event and hope that uh, it's going to be a good event. You know, And, and actually there's going to be a decent payout at the end. Um, otherwise, you know, 300 bucks with 10 guys fishing, huh, that's not much of a payout. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my returns at that point aren't, aren't that great, but you know what I'd like to see and what, what really got me excited about, um, the elite is that it was going to bring me back to competing in Florida and competing in Louisiana again. And, and I haven't compete. I haven't been able to compete in in Florida um, since 1990 or uh, since 2019. That was the last time I went to go compete in Florida. Um, I would love to go compete in um, in South Carolina, dude. That would be awesome to go compete in South Carolina. But I'm not just going to go there for a single 
single event, I you know, I'd want to go for a trail so that there's something part of a series to go. Yeah, so there's something yep. at the end um, that I can also be a part of. Um, you know, Lord willing, that I actually do well uh, throughout that series. But uh, right now we're settling, you know, for what we've got, and it's not much. I've asked, you know, um, our our communities out there, you know, how can we make them better? And honestly, the chatter just wasn't all that great. Um, some people were, were serious. I think others were, were just kind of throwing things out there that they're not too serious about. Uh, so those that were serious, I appreciate it. But we want to make changes. We just got to know where those changes need to be made. I, I think the, the big, 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 big thing that, that's happened is – you know, the, the Hobie BOS has really taken off, and that's because Hobie got behind it. Um, Bassmasters, Old Town got behind that one. Um, KBF has had multiple people behind that one. Um, but on the saltwater side, there are no big dogs on the saltwater side who are getting behind a tournament trail. No, like there's not. I, I don't see any reason why there can't be a Hobie Redfish Series or an Old Town Redfish Series that's along the Gulf Coast, that's along the East Coast, and I think people will get behind it. I mean, we may not have $100,000, <coughs> you know, payouts. We may not have $10,000, but I think there'll be some five thousand no, dollars. There'll be some three thousand dollar payouts for stuff like that. But we have to get the marketing behind it from these bigger companies because right now the bigger companies aren't 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 behind it. I mean, I, I and I'm I, I don't want to talk bad about them, but like Hoodoo is sponsoring all of the Gulf Coast kayak. Hoodoo doesn't have the same type of power that Hobie has, that Old Town has, that even Native has. They don't have that same type of power and recognition to get the word out about these tournaments. There's there's a tournament in Louisiana who's doing saltwater tournaments, and they're giving away their first trail, like the inaugural trail for each season, gives away two Hobie PAs. Okay, okay, hold on. You're talking about the Bayou Coast guys, um, and those guys, they are a club. Um, that's, so there, you're talking about a a huge club and honestly, I've tried to get into some of their events and sometimes they're sold out, um, before. So you're talking about like, we don't, we don't have big kayak clubs down here. The largest one that we have is pack and they don't do tournaments. Um, what's the difference between a, okay. So why can't, and and I'm just asking, I don't know much about saltwater. So what about making a club? Just like they, if they do it in Louisiana, what? There's no yeah, reason why you tried. can't, can't um, do it. Yeah, because people can't get along. People cannot yeah. get along. There, there's there's too many people with agendas about growing their their own personal stuff instead of growing the community. Legit, legit. The last the last club that we had, um, the folks that ran that club, shit came to blows and and it got bad. Like it got, and they were literal blows, literal like blows. Yeah. Fighting. 
they were um they were the closest thing we had to the Bayou Coastal guys. Um, because because money got involved. Yeah. Merchandise and, got involved. That's why I'm saying like it has to be you got to have a papa. You got to have Hobie Daddy up here and like Old Town Mama over here making sure that everything is ran so you don't get individuals who are you know, trying to come to blows with each other and stuff about a tournament series because there's money and merch and everything else involved. There has to be an oversight of somebody looking over them to make sure the natural, I don't want to say natural because not everybody's natural, greedy, but, you know, greedy people who are narcissistic, have Napoleon complexes, tournament directors running it like that. Like, you got to have somebody to put those people in check and, you need bigger people behind them. And I, I'm i still going to stand on my soapbox and say that's why Hobie BOS has been doing so well. Oh, AJ McWhorter is the reason why it's doing so well, definitely. Yeah. One of the reasons. We don't yeah. have an AJ. Hobie, Hobie has been behind AJ, and AJ has done things for the community through yeah. Hobie. Like, we, we, we need that. We need someone to get behind someone on the salt side that has some damn sense. That is that wants to grow this and grow the tournaments instead of their own. Personal I think it's brand inevitable. It's just going to tournament. I think we're always going to be small potatoes, man. Always. We don't have to be though. Like, I think it's all. I think, what, yeah, I think what it's, did you post? What did you post about watching on TV and asking everybody if they were watching it on TV the other day? Oh, um, well, so it was. But that is Bassmaster, dude. Okay, that is but Bassmaster. What is it? And Bassmasters behind it, right? What 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 was the exact name of it? All, honestly, I've been watching Redfish Cup for years. Exactly, um, the Bassmaster since... Redfish Cup, because Bassmaster got behind but, it. But when me but or it... you was a kid, was there any Bassmaster Redfish anything on TV? Uh we had no, we had um, Blair Wiggins. <laughs> That's what we watched on television. Every once but, in a while, Bill Dance would be at the Hackberry Gun Club or something yeah, like that in um, Louisiana as an off offshoot. So there's, we are the middle the the um, the middle child, um, where bass the bass fishermen are the older, you know, more refined first child and. The child after us is the uh, offshore scene because the offshore scene is big bucks, big, big money. And those ha- those guys have huge sponsors. Um, I would venture to say that, like, crappie gets more pub than us. Like, there's more crappie tournaments than there are freaking redfish tournaments. And I don't understand it because redfish are so much more fun to catch. Like, I, and crappie? <laughs> yes, I don't get I don't I don't understand it at all. We got way off topic, man, like way, way, way off. But I, I think not, this is some stuff. It's par that me for and you course whenever it comes about. to the Yeah, it's it's gonna happen, man. It's you know, I think it's inevitable we're just going to remain this uh you know, we'll have our our, our local trails, uh, our local series. Um we'll have to be happy with that. We can try and grow that series. Um, if you want to branch out into some other waters, I know most of our guys that listen are, are Texas coastal guys. So if you want to branch out, you know, participate in some of the Louisiana stuff, 
Florida's really hard um, to find events out there, but there are some every now and then. The one that I used to be a part of, um, because it's a kill tournament, I won't be a part of it anymore. So, yeah, I was looking, like I said, I was looking forward to this this new series coming out, you know, Florida, Louisiana, and Texas. Um, I was going to partner up with an old friend of mine from Alabama, and we planned to fish all three of them. So. They got them big girls in Alabama. <laughs> big girls. You guys just don't know about them big girls in Alabama. Now, Chris, we, we really need to get, and I, I've said this, and I'll say it on the show, we need to get pure fishing behind some, some redfish tournaments. We, we, we just, we have to. We have to figure out a way. We, we have an end with pure fishing now. We just got to get up the ladder to some people Danny, who really if make you're listening, um, I think it would actually sound really, really freaking cool to have the pure fishing coastal kayak series. A hundred percent agree, a hundred percent, like a thousand percent agree that we need a pure fishing coastal kayak series. <laughs> I just wanted to do one more. I had to do one more before we go. You're getting good at it, Drew. I, look, there's there's how many buttons? There's eight buttons, three. I got twenty four of these that I got to figure out. I only I only got like eleven of them on there. I didn't even get the chance to hit all the buttons, so I, I'm just going to start hitting them now. Thermal convection, man. You know, redfish are really dumb. Once again, he almost died. <laughs> That's just mullet. Doing mullet things. There you go. All right, I got it out of my system. I'm good. <laughs> right, man. I'm good to hey, go. Hey, Armando, uh, we're over our two-hour limit here, but uh, we're not going to leave this episode without letting all of our guests know where they can find Armando because uh, you know they're going to be looking for you. Well, first of all, thank you guys for uh, – oh, sorry. Can you guys hear me? Yep, we can hear you. All right, sorry. I'm in my phone here. So, anyways, thank you, first of all, for letting me be on the show. Um, it's an honor to be here. I'm a big fan of you. You guys, you and I, and I started around the same time. About uh, I remember when I started with my podcast, you guys came up to the podcast as a scene as well. Um and I've listened to most of your episodes, so I love what you guys are doing. So thank you for having me on. I really, uh, seriously though, I really want you to come up to my podcast as well. Like I've been can, begging can you I for the last bombs? few years. But um, the people can follow me on Bass Kayak and Beers in Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, YouTube. I've done a little bit of videos, but I'm not very consistent at it because I'm taking the training. Once I get the training and start getting my regular, you know, getting scheduled my schedule for out work hours then i'll revamp the youtube thing but if you want to follow me on youtube as well you can do that but yeah bass kayak and beers and instagram tiktok facebook and the uh the podcast is actually on paddle and fin so if you want to listen to my podcast you go to the paddle and fin podcast um and that is on all major podcast platforms and my show airs every tuesday morning so we air every Tuesday morning as well. We haven't lately. Yep. So, guys, if you have anything to do on Tuesdays, download the podcast. Download Armando's podcast. Download the Paddler's Playbook. Go over to Paddling Finn and check that out. Do you work with any sponsors? I see your hat right now, man. I, I, I know get, you, I work I know with you work Douglas. with one, so give them a shout-out. 
I work with Douglas Rods. Um, they're a great fishing rod, uh, rod company. They're coming up with a new lineup in 2023, which is a more cost-efficient. Um, right now, they have two lineups, the LRS, which has mostly graphite and composite rods. Um, and then the X-Matrix, which is their tournament lineup. Those are a little bit more high-end. They are super light. I I mean, I can't... I'm honestly not because they're my sponsor, but I actually love their rods. I love how light they are. Fred Kuntai is their designer. He's a bass fisherman for decades, and he designs the rod personally. Um, and I've had many conversations with Fred Kuntai, the rod designer, about his approach to rod fishing. So I trust Red, Fred when he designs rods. Um, there are original blanks. You know, they design their own blanks. Um, so go check them out. Douglas Outdoors is the website, douglasoutdoors.com. And again, they also have award-winning fly fishing rods. Their uh, G Sky series, best fly fishing rod I've ever used, man. This thing is crazy light as a feather. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Chris, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, guys, I am so excited and happy that we could provide some quality entertainment and television for you guys this evening on the fail book nation. Uh, <laughs> every F bomb will be bleeped on this next episode. Now you're going to put airs. some pressure on me. I got two hours and 16 minutes worth of podcast. <laughs> every now and then this I got to load drew up with some, uh, some work because he's made it too damn easy on himself lately. Look, I, I'm trying to spend the money to make it easy. That's how everything works, right? You spend more money, <laughs> makes everything easier. That's how, how everything. People think to work. I really got mad, man. Look, I was just, just like Trump, man. I was just trying to make good TV. <laughs> Lord, guys, I was scared you... for my safety for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Well, Shane said I seriously thought that Chris was about to walk off. <laughs> Seriously, th like that's the most upset I've ever seen Chris on this show, and I think we're gonna get more of that now that we've been doing it for three, four years now. And uh, Chris is getting a little grumpier and a little grumpier in his in his old age. But man, I, I think we're gonna get. To did see you see that? More, did you catch all this. that salt and pepper that I had? Dude, Look I saw that. a lot of it. A lot. You're catching up. You're catching up to me, bro. You're you're that catching up. Fun. I got to trim my beard down now. That's how I know I need to trim my beard is when all that white hair starts coming in the side. That's what I know it, it, it's time to do it. But, guys, if you haven't already, you heard me talk about it on the top of the show. Check out our Tiki Taki. Check out our TikTok account. We're really trying to grow that. Some things coming up, guys. We're going to have our holiday special. We're headed up to Mariner Sales to, to do some filming on that. We, we, we teased it a little bit. We're, we're going to add a new uh, – a new wrinkle to the show is that the right way to say it chris you think we could we could call we don't it need to wrinkle? talk about your wrinkles well i don't have any wrinkles yet i mean this skin we already talked about it I, i'm moisturized dude this this skin is is great it's nice but i'm not uh, sure what you what you're talking about though uh as far as wrinkles in the show man adding I mean, a new i'm doing person as much to as the I team can. man behind so the scenes adding the new person to the that team. is exactly why i asked the other day if we had any uh, amateur photographers or videographers that wanted to uh, get some extra work. So we think we've got that nailed down. Um, and and 2023 will bring um, hopefully some additional content for everyone to enjoy, for sure. Even, 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 even more content. 
And, and on that on that note, with the more content, I just again I want to thank the the Patreons who who have graciously become either pro members, elite members, or we have two King of the Bro staffs right now. Our man Shane and our man Kevin, our King of the Bro staff. We thank you guys for the support uh, a lot because, I mean, I'm sure our, our Armando can testify, like, we love doing podcasts, but it, it still costs some money to do these. I mean, there's yep. mic equipment, there's hosting fees, you got to pay for a StreamYard subscription if you're going to do the video side, like, there's there's some costs that we have to incur, and after three years, then you got to start looking at your storage. You know, once you're on so many episodes, so we really appreciate the guys that believe in the show, um, who who support us through Patreon with you know a couple dollars each month. I mean, we're not asking for much. You know, just you know two energy drinks is all we're asking for. A pack of soft plastics. That's all we're asking for. A little help there. And we what are you really saving puppies it. out here? Yeah, I'm saving puppies. For, for the cost of a cup of coffee a day. For a cost of a <laughs> cup of coffee, you can save two podcasters from being broke. Like, <laughs> Thank you guys again. Uh, we're going to get off here. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. Make sure to check out Armando over at the Paddle and Finn Network. His podcast drops every Tuesday. And what's the name again? Because I always screw it up. Bass Kayak and Beers. Bass kayak and beers. I always want to say kayaks, bass, and beers. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know. Three why. things Chris can't be upset about. Exact. Chris cannot be <laughs> mad about that. Listen to podcasts. Listen to our show, guys. We're gonna get out of here. We'll talk to you later. I haven't tried the bass thing yet, but it could You'll happen. You'll get there. You'll get there. Peace out. Adios. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>